0: It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the mountain state. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling.
1: We welcome you to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, alongside Joe Limble. Who? I know. Who is this guy? (laughs) Coach Moreau, nice to have you on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia again. Well, glad to be here and uh, dressed for the occasion.
2: Uh, Santa gave me the night off, and uh, I'm here to spread good cheer
1: tonight. All right. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, we are just a few days away from Christmas. A lot of schools are finishing up their pre-Christmas, pre-holiday schedules tonight, a few games tomorrow as well. and um, I'll get with, Co- uh, with Joe Lindler here in just a moment, but Coach... Uh, Just from a coaching perspective, you've got a a situation here where you're in a holiday season. It it happens every year about this time. But uh, how do you handle that? Do you uh, give your kids a little bit of time off? Do you kind of feel about how your team is performing? Yeah, I think you've got to just kind of take it
2: uh, based on your individual team. Uh, we actually took – we'll have a couple of days off over the weekend with Christmas being on Monday. Uh, we gave them a couple of days off. We went really hard at it this week. And then we're in a holiday tournament next week. And then we've also got a regular season game next weekend. So we really dive back into it. And I tell you, Ryan, a lot of it uh, depends on the, the maturity of your team too. We, we have a, a lot of young players we really probably need to be in there, but you still have to balance that with family time and other things like that, but uh, teams that are a little bit younger and inexperienced, I think, are a little bit behind the eight ball because they're really not into the flow yet, and then you have a break in there, so it's tough, but it's interesting to try and work it out.
1: And Joe, there is a lot of stop and go to the basketball season when you consider that practice starts right around Thanksgiving, then you've got the Christmas week that ends with New Year's as well, and Uh, Once you get through that, it's pretty much smooth sailing, you know, when the weather cooperates.
3: Yeah, you get into a routine after January 1st because, you know, then you're, you know, you get into the meat of your schedule, your conference schedules, and, you know, you get in that Tuesday night, Friday night flow with, you know, some practices thrown in there. Then, you know, next thing you know, it's tournament time.
1: Well, this is the fastest three hours in radio. We do have a full slate for you tonight, as always. But as always, it also starts with our first look at the Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. I'll knock out these boys scores, and then I'll turn it over to Joe for the girls' scores. We'll give Coach Marone a little bit of time to get, get back in the swing of things here. Boys high school basketball action tonight in the Bob Runyon Tournament in Chapmanville. It was Tug Valley defeating North Marion. A final score of 67-56. And um, late in the first quarter, also in the Bob Runyon Tournament in Chapmanville, the host Tigers lead Mountview 19-7. The Man Hillbillies pick up a victory in the Sherman Christmas Tournament consolation game, defeating Liberty Raleigh tonight 75-65. Man, which broke a year-long losing streak earlier in the week, now 2-3 on the season. Also tonight, Woodrow Wilson defeats Kennedy Catholic Pennsylvania, 54-43, the final of that one. The Flying Eagles are 4-0. Oak Glenn picks up a 75-44 victory over the Blue Dons of Madonna. Also, boys high school basketball action tonight. It was Bluefield all over Pikeview. Final score of 80-44. Steubenville Catholic Central Ohio squeaks out a game against cross-river rival Weir as... Siouxville Catholic Central gets to win 58-56 over the host Red Riders. Also tonight, it was Bridgeport defeating Robert, or excuse me, leading Robert C. Bird, 42-30. That game at the end of the third quarter. Also finals tonight, the two Fairmont schools both pick up victories. East Fairmont defeats Lindsley, 63-49. The Bees beat the Cadets tonight. And it was Fairmont Senior handing Philip Barber its first loss of the season. In convincing fashion, the Polar Bears go to 5-0 with an 84-55 victory over the Colts. Also a final score tonight, a tight win in Fayetteville as the Pirates defeat Midland Trail 49-46. Late in the ball game, it is George Washington leading the circuit riders of Wesley Christian 68-47. Also tonight, final score, Greenbrier West defeats Richwood, 78-46. Final, it was Brooke defeating John Marshall, 38-33. At the end of the third quarter, Mineral County Showdown, Frankfurt leads Kaiser, 45-27. Also, at the end of the third quarter, a big showdown at Willie Acres Arena at the Logan Fieldhouse, where the host Wildcats lead visiting Westside, 39-31, The score in that one. Parkersburg South picks up a Big victory at home over Parkersburg. Final score of 51-46 as the battle for Parkersburg supremacy for now belongs to the Patriots. Also tonight, Ravenswood defeats St. Mary's 90-55. It is at the half. Willing Park leads Steubenville, Ohio 38-25. And a final score, Winfield all over Systemville tonight. 94-76, 94 76 generals, pretty good. And we just had a final in on that. Logan
3: uh, defeated Westside 65 to 52 at Willie Akers Arena. Now, taking a look at the girls' scores, it was Tyler Consolidated. They go to 5 and 2 on the season with a 69 63 win over Williamstown. It was Nicholas County picking up a win tonight over Independence 64 33. The Martinsburg Bulldogs uh, lead Hampshire at the end of the third quarter by a score of 36-32. The Morgantown Mohegans picked up a win over Spring Mills, 51-37, and it was Tennessee High from Tennessee defeating Spring Valley. That game is a final, 62-52. And that's a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism
1: basketballnight.com scoreboard. Before we go to the phone lines, Coach Roan, any of those scores stick out to you this early on this Friday? Night? Well, I'll tell
2: you what, uh, of course, Tuck Valley, a big win there at North, with North with Marion in the uh, tournament in Chapmanville. And then on the girls' side, uh, kind of a little bit underrated, but Tyler Consolidated getting a win over Williamstown. Williamstown was runner up last year in Class A. Uh, Coach Sorrow does a great job, but that's a big boost for Tyler Consolidated, a big win for them there. You know, you look back a week, it was
3: uh, Mingo Central falling to Westside. Mingo beat Logan on Tuesday night, and tonight Logan beats Westside on their home floor in Logan. So, you know, a lot of activity in southern West Virginia as well.
1: Speaking of activity in southern West Virginia, it's been a banner three-week period for the Bluefield (laughs) Beavers. Class AA State Football Championship in in an outstanding game in which they beat Fairmont Senior. Um, also, you know, had a Sports Center top ten play in that, the number three play of the night. Uh, Truck Edwards touchdown run in that game. But that means that the basketball team got a little bit of a, a late start in terms of being at full strength. But the Beavers are 4-0 and after their win tonight over Pikeview. And joining us now on the phone is the head coach of the Beavers, Buster Large. And Coach Large, I know that with basketball season, right up against football season, the success that the football team had – that may have given you guys a little bit of a late start, but one that I'm sure you're okay with.
4: Team and very proud of what they accomplished. And, uh, you know, it's awful nice to bring another state championship
5: uh, home back to Bluefield.
1: And now, on the basketball side of things, your team off to a 4 0 start. Uh, victories over Mount View, Princeton, Shady Spring, and tonight over Pipe View. And let's go back to that victory over Shady Spring. Uh, that was earlier this week. Shady Spring is a, a team that is uh, you know, considered one of the better teams within Region 3. You get a 43-40 victory over the Tigers. That was really the only close game that your team has had to this point. Tell me how your team was able to come through in a grinded out low scoring type game.
4: Well, you know uh, we we knew they were uh, uh, very much improved, and uh, they they worked very hard this summer and uh, you know we 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 have the same type program and uh, you know we, we're very fortunate to get that win and uh, you know we we're, we're just uh, looking uh, forward to having a good week of practice next week and getting re- ready for uh, the tournament in Beckley, which starts Thursday night
1: well I was just we were just talking with coach Marone here a moment ago about uh, how you handle the Christmas break and then you've got New Year's coming up you've already had Thanksgiving that falls within uh, your practice window and not to mention you had the football team having a success too it's a lot of stop and go this time of year until you get past the New Year Uh, how do you handle that with your team do you give them a little more time off right now or is this a time where you kind of give them the holiday itself and then right back to work
6: well, really,
4: we have only had uh, probably 10 days of practice with football players. And so we're we're still working, uh, you know, to get some things worked out and trying to get a good rotation. And, uh, you know, right now we're very happy to be 4-0, and but uh, like I say, it, it takes time. And, uh, you know, it's a lot different than going first and 10 for 10 yards or uh, running down the court, uh, you know, for – uh, eight to the, uh, twelve seconds
1: you don't get to stop every four <laughs> seconds really in basketball or every ten seconds every really yeah uh, no sir, no sir, <laughs> but uh we're very
4: happy uh you know to uh to have the football kids back, and uh they're doing a great job and uh, uh Mookie Collier had a great game tonight, and uh we're very proud of him and his accomplishments and uh very proud of what the uh, football team accomplished also.
2: Coach, this is Coach Marone. And uh, one of the things that I think uh, that you guys have, of course, your basketball program, uh, a lot of success and tradition there, but just the winning attitude with those football players coming in. I think uh, when you've got uh, kids that compete at a high level, I think even across sports, it it, it brings that leadership and that uh, drive, I think, to your ball club as well.
4: Well, I, you know, I, I cannot ask for better leadership than we got right now. You know, we got Chandler Cooper, who was quarterback. Uh, only uh, state champion uh, uh, Bluefield High School Beavers this year and then uh, uh, obviously Mookie Cogger who just had an absolutely outstanding year and uh, you know to to have those two young men uh, coming in and going from a state championship in football to uh, you know potentially uh, having a great year in basketball is just outstanding
1: Buster Large, head coach of the Bluefield Beavers boys basketball team joining us here on Basketball Friday Night in west virginia and um take me through uh you're talking about the uh the beckley tournament coming up take me through what your team faces in that coming up uh, i believe you said next thursday
4: yes sir uh we play uh friday excuse me thursday night 28 against woodrow wilson eight o'clock and uh i think there's two christian schools tipping off at six o'clock and from my understanding, both of them are extremely talented and uh yeah, I don't know a whole lot about them. I'm trying to find information every day, but I think we're going to have our hands full both days.
1: Coach Large of the Bluefield Beavers, 4-0 and to start this season. We thank you for taking time out to join us tonight. We congratulate you on your victory tonight over Pikeview as well, your 4-0 and start, and we wish you guys the best of luck throughout the season. We'll probably catch up with you again uh, maybe after the new year.
4: Yes, sir, and I want to tell you, I think you guys do an excellent job, and it's awful nice to listen to your program and uh, – uh, a lot of great teams out there in Southern West Virginia and the state
1: of West Virginia. Uh, we greatly appreciate that, and uh, I do want to mention real fast that uh, it is a Bluefield grad that does help us out quite a bit behind the scenes, and uh, Marcus Constantino. So, uh, big thanks to him as well. And again, that's Buster Large, head coach of the Bluefield Beavers. We appreciate him joining us here tonight on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And um, Coach Marone, you mentioned it, and I do think it's true about how success goes across sports and it's not necessarily that a kid might be skilled at the same level in multiple sports but there's an attitude and a competitiveness and a competitiveness and a drive that can translate from sport to sport yeah, and I think it's it's a real
2: thing and it's a tangible thing, and you heard Coach Large there talk about that influx of those kids that have experienced success, and like you said, Ryan, they may have been a star player on the football team, they might feel a role on the basketball team, uh, but Joe, I tell you what, it's that ingredient, that chemistry, and it's a winning attitude, and there's just something different about it having coached them and then having played as well. Uh, you bring that to the table, and, and you're hard to stop, and of course they've got great athletes there at Bluefield and a lot of talent, but I tell you you sprinkle in that leadership and that winning attitude, it's hard to stop.
3: It, it's just bred into them. I mean, how, how else can you describe it? You know, you see these kids year after year, you know, that were successful on the football field. And he was just talking about Mookie Collier. Kid's a speedster. He's like lightning going down the field. And then you put him on a basketball court, you know, and he's quick there. And you, he just brings a lot of excitement to a program. And, and that happens in a lot of schools.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what, uh, Ryan, and, and a hot topic, if you're on the Internet any time at all, is this multiple sports argument that's going on. Urban Meyer is one of the biggest proponents of playing multiple sports. They recruit, I think, 85 to 90% of the incoming classes. He encourages kids to play multiple sports. And when you see that, it really kind of flies in the face. Not if a kid's not interested in playing other sports, but I think when you get people specializing in one sport and thinking that's going to propel you to another, I really think you're missing out on it. Plus that experience of being in high school. You go through one time, some of these kids are going on to the next level, many are not. And I think that's a, a great example there in Bluefield of kids enjoying the ride. They've got a state football title in their back pocket, and they're hoping Santa's bringing them another one in basketball,
1: and they're well on their way. They're 4-0. I think that'll be a team that'll be right in the thick of things come March. and. Um, that's a difficult region, though. I mean, it's, it, it's it's a battle to get out of there. Anybody who gets out of Region 3 has a fighting chance in, in Charleston, yeah. without a doubt.
7: And
2: my goodness, taking on Woodrow next week after Woodrow just knocked off the two-time defending Pennsylvania champion. You talk about a hot ticket. That's a hot ticket next uh, next week on the 28th.
1: We're going to step aside, take our first break of the night when we come back. Much more of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Yes, we are in the Christmas spirit. (laughs) This is Basketball Friday Night in West
8: Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
9: For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. The Marshall University Sports Journalism degree is designed for you to find a job to put your knowledge and training to work after graduation. The program allows for students to concentrate in one of three exciting areas, print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on, real-life experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are willing to provide crucial feedback and career-launching advice. Marshall has 15 varsity teams that afford sports journalism majors the opportunities to cover them in any media format, including text online, photo, radio or video hands-on experiences come through marshall student-powered media parthenon wmul radio and heard tv as well as communications campaigns off-campus internships and an expansive alumni network in all areas of expertise the marshall university school of journalism is ready and eager to help you start your sports media career Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Join us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. And you can call us tonight, toll free, 855-78-HOOPS. Boys and girls, our favorite basketball show here is at the North Pole. It's basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Checking my list to see who's been naughty or nice. Somebody's going to get a lump of coal. Merry Christmas. Now back to your hosts. Coach Rick Marone, Joe Linville,
1: and Ryan Eppling. Ho, 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 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We are in a very festive spirit here tonight. Just a few days before Christmas, the day before Festivus.
3: If you're not in a Christmas spirit now, you will be by the time the show is over this evening.
1: <laughs> right. And, and I do want to mention, uh, if you're listening on the radio, you're not able to see uh the job that the, the folks have done with our set here tonight but uh we've got christmas lights we've got um, packages pack- uh, i believe those are presents yeah i don't think there's anything in i there. don't say your name on any no, of them but no <laughs> but um that was disappointing but anyway uh no the uh the set looks tremendous uh big thanks to them uh joe's got his christmas tie on coach marone's got the uh the santa hat on and i just wore a it looks uh, like a Christmas a package. It's <laughs> <I just laughs> like a wrapping paper, you know. I didn't have a Christmas tie like that I could find in a hurry because <laughs> Lord knows I don't necessarily always put my outfit out early enough in time for, uh, for, the, for this show sometimes. And I just could not find, uh, could not find the time I was looking for it. But anyway, it works. We're here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia 919 on the program. Again, with you until midnight and happy to have you along with us. If you want to join in on the show with us tonight at any time you can do so all you have to do is dial in 1-855-78-HOPS 78 hoops. is 855-784-6677 you can also join us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup you can always go to basketballnight.com. you can text us scores you can email us scores scores at basketball night.com all of that is available um we've made it completely um to the point where there is no excuse to not be able to user friendly (laughs) yes yes we are accessible we are very accessible so uh all you've got is kind of stuff out there making effort to do so and um before we get back into the the thick of the program i want to do do want to mention and joe we'll talk about this here for a moment now um and and we'll bring Coach Marone in on this as well because he, he he knows the situation, too. Very well. But um, Wayne Ryan, of course, this is his second year out of coaching. He was a longtime girls basketball coach at Summers County, very successful there. They won over 100 straight games at one point. He's now uh, with the SSAC. But uh, Joe, uh, Summers County not, um, not letting him go without uh, at least uh, putting a tribute to him Every time they take the floor,
3: yeah, they they had a game last uh, Friday night. Actually, uh, while we were on the air at Summers County, and uh, they brought, of uh, the course, the current team and a lot of his former players to the gymnasium, and they actually named the court uh, the Wayne Ryan Court, and uh, you know marked it and presented him with a you know presentation of plaque to honor that. He had six uh, AA girls state championship titles. He was four forty seven to one hundred as a girls coach here at Summers County, so. Had a heck of a career, and they had some uh, outstanding basketball teams. But uh, because, of course, they met you know some of our schools that we follow, and uh, you know at times they just literally blow them off the court. But anyway, congratulations to Wayne and you know the folks there in uh, Summers County for honoring him. Yeah, I tell you what,
2: uh, uh, we were one and one with him in the state tournament, so I, I, we we were a lot better than most. We beat him one year in the semis, and then uh, they got us in the quarters one year, but. Uh, Coach Ryan was really one of those that kind of set the standard for girls' basketball and really reached new heights. Uh, When you talk about 100 games in a row, Ryan, that's mind-boggling, I can tell you, as a coach. Secondly, you know, starting out at Hinton High School, which is where he was at when he first got going, and just the standard they set for that long of a time is just – I don't know that you'll see that again. I mean, you see teams that will be consistent over a short period of time, but he had a style of play, and like you said, if you weren't ready for it, you could just totally get run out of the gym. And they put up some gaudy numbers. I know sometimes, and I can say this, being a fellow coach with Coach Ryan and being a friend of his, you know, there was times that people would get a little rankled when you're throwing up 90 and 100, but – he was up front. I mean, that, that's what they did. They come at you for 32 minutes. They played hard and you better bring it and bring you lunch when you come because you were going to be there all night to go at it. Uh, so hats off to him. What a great honor uh, there in uh, in Hinton and Summers County. And uh, Again, if you look at girls high school basketball in West Virginia, there's some names up there kind of on the Mount Rushmore of coaches and Wayne Ryan's definitely oh, one of right them. So, the you know,
1: big uh, tip of the hat to him. What a great honor. Uh, and Coach, I think you can relate to this to a degree. Summers County was a double-A school that dropped to single-A, declining enrollment, and and the way it was reclassified uh, four years ago, um, it's a situation to me where he built a culture within girls basketball there uh, in Summers County, and while in the midst of that, he had a tremendous group go through. Sometimes you don't have that culture, that great group goes through, and you don't necessarily get everything out of them that you could
2: yeah it's got to line up and you're exactly right if you have the culture and then that group of talented players come through we've seen it in other sports and other places but that's a great point i mean he had a culture there then the players came through and was able to take it to another level. And I tell you, I think he forced a lot of other people, and I'm not saying it's directly responsible, but you look in that region at how strong it is in girls' basketball. You look at what Wyoming East is doing this year and has done over the last few years. Look at Bluefield. He raised the bar, and those teams got tired of looking up. And now, I mean, what a great hotbed for girls' basketball, and I think he was a big part of that.
1: Right. Uh, Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's no easy turn to this. Let's just go to Dave Wilson, <laughs> W-A-J-R Radio in Morgantown. Uh, Dave, I tried my best to come up with a nice little transition there for you from talking Summers County's girls Basketball. I just didn't have it in me. <laughs> uh, How are you doing, guys? I'm uh, doing great. Uh, Dave, the Morgantown Mohegans, 3-2 and two on the season. And uh, that was going into tonight and... We don't have a score on that game with Schroeder just yet.
10: Well, they did win, Um, and I don't have my notes in front of me. Morgantown picks up a 44-30, I believe was the final, guys, 14-point win. And what was a a slugfest type of game, uh, taking on Schroeder out of Cincinnati. Morgantown defensively in the second half holds Schroeder to two field goals, uh, the offense for Morgantown is going to be a work in progress throughout the season, but tonight uh, they were able to slug one out and pull out the win.
1: And this is a ball club now at 4-2, but coming off of a loss last night to Fairmont Senior, that's a very good polar bear ball club. Uh, also, though, it has a win over McKinnon Upshur, a loss to Parkersburg, a win over Elkins. So basically, from what I'm seeing, this team is beating the teams that it should, and struggling against the top-notch teams on its schedule to this point—is that maybe a, a fair assessment of a team that's trying to kind of get its legs underneath it and figure out where it stands in Triple A basketball this year?
10: Uh, that's fair enough. Uh, yeah, you're you're exactly right. Take on a Fairmont team last night that I would put up against any team in the state, Double the A, AA, Triple A—it doesn't matter. They got some top-notch players on that team. We're talking uh, Zion Dobbs, Tavon Horton, Jalen Bridges. Guys who are getting Division One interest, guys who are drawing interest from Marshall uh, and WVU. So, last night's game, guys, Morgantown defends well, eventually runs out of gas towards the end of that ball game, uh, and those athletes for Fairmont are able to pull away and get the win. Tonight, they're able to slug it out and get the victory. And if you if you followed the Magnolia teams with Dave Tallman Senior uh, and his son Dave Tallman. He's not junior. He's just the, the younger Dave Tallman, I guess. Uh, other Dave now Tallman. Now fourth year at Morgantown. The other Dave Tallman, right. Um, they play defense, and that's what they build off of. And Morgantown, they'll defend. And they defended well tonight, again, limiting um, Schroeder to two field goals in the second half. It's not pretty at all right now. What's going to take time for Morgantown to develop this year is that offense and find that guy or guys who can be their leading scorers, who can be those guys and get to the rim. They lost their two leading scorers from last year's team that you know, falls to capital by a point in the semifinals. So that they're looking for those guys. Cameron Selders may be that guy. He's been in double digits every game. He had uh, 17, I think, tonight. So it's going to be a work in progress. But, you know, guys, Dave Tallman approaches this as, I've got 31 exhibition games, basically, to get ready for the postseason. Not that he doesn't want to win those games, but he sees the bigger picture in getting this team ready to play in March, not necessarily having success in December.
3: Hey, Dave, this hey Joe Linville. Hey, just looking at Morgantown's schedule, of course, they get a pretty good break here, it looks like, over that Christmas holiday. Then uh, next, in the next week they uh, face Hannon upshur then they face Willing Park, Parkersburg, and University, and the schedule keeps on clicking along. Does that long Christmas break, does it <clears throat> feel like that helped or hurts the team?
10: Uh, I think Well, considering who they got coming up after it, I think it'll help them a little bit because uh, they're going to need to defend very well against all those teams. Um, it gives them an opportunity to work on those sets. They've got to run a half-court set. They're not going to get up and down the floor on you. So it gives them an opportunity to work on those things get a little bit of rest because they're going to need it. Wheeling Park is better this year. I think they're certainly a player in the region. University is a team, in my mind, that it's not a matter of if they get to Charleston. it's They're going to Charleston this year. This team has put up 100 points already twice, loaded with seniors. So they got some stiff competition coming up uh, once they get through the holidays.
1: Dave Wilson, WAJR Radio in Morgantown, joining us now. And Dave, before we let you go, I, I want to brag on Dave a little bit. Dave's one of the hardest-working people in radio. Um, anyone who works the hours of Dave Wilson uh, would understand uh, let's just put it this way. Last Saturday, Dave was in Huntington doing the pregame for the Marshall Bowl game while at the basketball arena preparing for a basketball game <laughs> to call uh, on the uh, Thundering Heart IMG Sports Network. So, uh, Dave, we always appreciate you taking a, a little bit of time out to talk with us and get some sleep, man. Good grief. Hey, and I went to Walmart today. <laughs> <laughs> that
3: was a chore. <laughs> uh,
1: Always, hey Dave, always appreciate it. All right, guys. Anytime. All right. Merry Christmas. Got him. Dave Wilson, 38JR <laughs> Radio in Morgantown. town. We'll step aside for our second break. When we come back, we'll get a scoreboard update. We'll also talk with Fred Persinger II, the voice of the Woodrow Wilson Flying Eagles, who picked up a big victory tonight as basketball Friday night in West Virginia rolls
8: on here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
9: If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Streaming video live from the studios at Marshall University. Visit BasketballNight.com for video, audio, and the Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard. Watch our live high-definition video stream by going to BasketballNight.com. All it takes is just one click to watch. You can watch us on Facebook Live at RSN Sports Facebook page. And, of course, we're on YouTube and Periscope. Uh, you follow us on twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup join us online and vote in this week's poll you've got till eleven forty-five tonight then we'll share the voting results last week question was should coaches have to be given a warning before being assessed a technical foul 63 percent of you said yes this week's poll question should West Virginia institute a running clock in the fourth quarter of a 25-point game when there was a JV game? Vote online, yes or no tonight. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. We've got till 11:45 tonight, and then we'll share the results at the end of tonight's show. Many new followers on Twitter, welcome! And welcome to Derek. Alex Hott, Alyssa Tennant, Darren Hayes, NMHS Husky Football, Mikey Scarborough, AM1600 WKKX, also one of our affiliates, Bob Greenberg, Aiden Heine, Leon Lambert, Holly Palmer, Shane Scribe, 25801 Wife, Jason Powers, Anthony B. Rose, Dwayne Elvis Estep.
8: Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling.
1: 9.32 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Rick Marone and Joe Linville. Happy to have you along and already already making progress on uh, moving right on through this week's show. Again, we're with you until midnight here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Uh, always a pleasure to, uh, to be here. And uh, one score that jumped out on the girls' side, and we'll get a full scoreboard in just a moment, uh, was the Tyler Consolidated Williamstown game. We will talk with Brandon Gregory, WRSG, in just a moment. This time you get to follow Dave Wilson, Brandon. We'll get to you in just a moment, though. <laughs> but uh, first it's time for another check of our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Joe, we'll give you the honors of doing the boys' games. Oh,
3: okay. In the Bob Runyon tournament at uh, Chapmanville tonight, it was the Tuck Valley Panthers picking up a big win over North Marion tonight, 67-56. In game two, a minute 17 left in the third, it's the Mount View Golden Knights the Chattanooga Tigers by a score of 62-25, Man Hillbillies go to two and three on the season after picking up back-to-back wins with a win tonight over Liberty Raleigh, 75-65. The Flying Eagles of Woodrow Wilson pick up a win tonight over Kennedy Catholic of Pennsylvania, 54. Forty-three. Cameron picks up a win over Bridgeport, Ohio, 77-56. Oak Glen winners tonight over Madonna, 75-44. It was the Morgantown Mohegans over Schroeder in that holiday tournament we was talking about a little earlier by a score of 46-30. Bluefield, a big winner tonight over Pikeview, 80-44. Steubenville Catholic picks up a win tonight over Weir, 58-44. 56. It was Robert C. Byrd, the Flying Eagles, falling to Bridgeport tonight in a tight one, 58-57. It was East Fairmont over Lindsley tonight, 63-49. The Polar Bears of uh, Fairmont Senior pick up a big win tonight over Phil- Philip Barber, 84-55. It was Midland Trail picking up a win over the Fayetteville Pirates in another tight one correction. Fayetteville picks up the win in a tight one over Midland Trail, 49-46. It was George Washington over Wesley Christian, 66-47. Greenbrier West, the Cavaliers pick up a win over the Richwood Lumberjacks, 78-46. In a final, it was Brooke over John Marshall in a low-scoring contest, 38-33. At the end of the third quarter, the Golden Tornadoes of Kaiser trail Frankfurt, 45-27. Logan Wildcats pick up another win tonight, uh, 65-52 and a tight one over Westside. It was uh, Parkersburg falling to Parkersburg South, 51-46. Ravenswood, big winners tonight over St. Mary's, 90-55. to It was Wheeling Park over Steubenville, Ohio, 72-50. And the Winfield Generals pick up a win over a neighboring Sissonville,
1: 94-76. In girls basketball tonight, in the tip-off tournament in Petersburg, Moorefield defeated Pendleton County, 54-37. Also tonight, Gilmer County defeats Braxton County, 39-38, the final in that one. Cameron picks up a 44-22 victory over Clay Battelle. 20 points tonight for Courtney Walker in the win. Tyler Consolidated defeats Williamstown. 69-63, the Lady Knights. Now 5-2 as the Yellow Jackets fall to 4-2 on the season. We'll talk with Brandon Gregory about that game in just a moment. Nicholas County defeats Independence tonight. 64-33. It was Buchanan Upshur defeating University. 65 65- 44 Martinsburg picks up a big victory over Hampshire 54-39 in the final. It was Morgantown over Spring Mills 51 to 37. And also tonight Tennessee High from Tennessee defeats Spring Valley 62-52. That is your West uh, your Marshall University Sports and Journalism Basketball scoreboard. Which one of those games we mentioned was Tyler Consolidated's Girls defeating Williamstown. Brandon Gregory of WRSG joins us on the program now, and Brandon, that is a big win tonight for the Silver Knights.
11: Yes, it absolutely was. Uh, they didn't they didn't shoot the ball well the other night against Rich County and got beat. And uh, tonight, uh, you know, just played with a lot of guts. They, you know, they shot the ball well inside the, the three point line. They, they hit some threes, but uh, it was. Did a nice job getting uh, opportunities in the off pressure, off of, really not even not even a trap so much, just just you know, feeling the inbounds pass, had a few of those and uh, you know, played well in in the post. Had a little bit of trouble with uh, Bethany Arnold from Williamsdown. She's six one and soft hands, you know, does a good job around the glass, uses her body well and, and so Tyler Consolidated struggled with her. Uh, but uh, you know, at one point williamstown was down two and and rimmed out a three from the corner and
5: uh
11: luckily tyler consolidae was able to get uh really it was kind of a tip and Josie jones got fouled along the baseline was able to go down and sink two free throws so it went from a situation where they could have been down one and probably should have been down one ended up going up four and they just kind of rode it out and finished up 69-63 and you know, this is a reloading team for Williamstown, but this is something that uh, Coach Kathy Boggs and her group can definitely hang their hat on moving forward. You know, it's not very often uh, you beat Williamstown, and, and uh, it was tied at half, thirty-three all, and they just—you know—it's just one of those games where it was whoever had the most
12: blood and guts was going to be the one that won.
1: So this is a season, an early season, a young season, but Tyler Consolidated already has victories over St. Mary's and Williamstown. Um, I think that speaks a whole lot to where the knights are this year. Let's back up though, because we want to we want to kind of kind of give a comprehensive view here. The loss to Ritchie County, fifty two forty two, take absolutely nothing away from Ritchie County. But my perspective from uh, from afar with this Tyler Consolidated team is that it is a ball club that can win against some of the better teams in Single A on a given night. But they have to show up every night because they're not good enough to look past anyone.
11: Yeah, exactly. They the thing. Richie County did really well. Coach McCullough did a great job of uh, getting back. You know, we get a lot of uh, a lot of buckets off runouts and and you know second chance opportunities and even you know kick out threes. Um, so Richie County did a really good job eliminating that. Made us play in the half court. And we had open shots. I mean, the shot selection wasn't bad. Uh, actually, the shot selection was very good. Just didn't make any of them. And so then, if you don't make any of them, then you're getting long. You know, you're giving up long rebounds, and you're not able to set up your pressure, which is the other part of your, you know, the other part of your game you really need to have to put some points on the board. So you know, it all starts with making shots. They didn't do a very good job of it. They looked a little bit leg tired uh, tonight. They had some snap. They had some zip. And uh, you know, kind of rode out the storm in the first half to to tie it up thirty three all, and and then kind of imposed their will in the second half. It's neck and neck, but you know, I mean, they, they, these kids fight. They play hard, and uh, they like each other, and and you know, there's a lot of good chemistry. So I think this is a I think this is a good group,
1: very good. group. And, and again, I was not wanting to take anything from Ritchie County in that, but my my, my point being, and I think you touched on this, was the ability of Tyler Consolidated to put that game in the rear view and turn around and play a big rival, a team that was the class single a class single-A runner-up a year ago in Williamstown. Yes, a lot of different faces on that ball club this year, but quite frankly, to get through that region and get through that area, you got to get through Williamstown at some point, and picking up that win tonight shows me that they were able to you know, not let that loss to Ritchie County beat them twice, if that makes sense.
11: Oh, absolutely, and you know that that goes back to coaching. It, tonight was probably, and Co- Coach Boggs, if you know her, she's not a real. She's very reserved. She, she actually caught my eye because we sat above the we sat above the floor and, and across from the bench, and so she actually caught my eye a couple times with uh, as demonstrative as she was being tonight, which is not you know not like her. And it it wasn't in a, in in any kind of way. It was just she was really. She was focused on this ball game,
1: and she was able to put it behind the in the rearview mirror. Well, I think we're about to lose Brandon. Hey, Brandon, we appreciate you calling in. WRSG Radio, Millburn, as Tyler Consolidate's girls defeat Williamstown tonight. We wish you a Merry Christmas, and I uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. I think we just kind of kind of lost the cell phone signal there for just a moment. But, um, again, we appreciate him calling in. Let's go right back to the phone lines before our break. Big victory tonight for the Flying Eagles of Woodrow Wilson. Fred Persinger II, WJLS 99.5. M. Beckley joins us now on the program. And uh, Fred, first off, good to have you back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We hope you're enjoying the uh, holiday season as we kind of get into it. And, and tonight, a nice, nice victory for the Flying Eagles.
13: Yeah, really. It's been a, it was a good couple of days for Beckley up in the Morgantown tournament. Beckley played last night against Lee Alabama, a team that was ranked number one in Class 5A in Alabama. and had not lost to an Alabama team, uh, and they had they featured a kid uh, that is probably going to go to West Virginia. Kobe Brown is his name, a six seven kid uh, that has offers from North Carolina, North Carolina State, West Virginia. He's leaning towards West Virginia because he likes uh, Bob Huggins. So uh, he was. Uh, uh, the opponent last night for Beckley, and Beckley held him to right around his average, and Beckley got the win 64-60 in overtime against that ball club. And then coming back this afternoon at 4 o'clock and played a team from Philadelphia, from Pennsylvania about an hour outside of Pittsburgh, uh, Kennedy Catholic, uh, the Golden Eagles, a team that uh, is a two-time defending state champs. They have some kids. They're getting some Division One looks. They start six-seven, six-seven, six-five. Uh, and Beckley gets the win today, 54-43. So a really good uh, two days for Beckley as far as getting some
1: wins against some really quality opponents. And Beckley also, um, you know, as we mentioned, undefeated on the, on the early young season. And uh, next week, we know, um, kind of a big time for them in, in terms of hosting uh, a few games. Yeah,
13: exactly. It's our uh, holiday tournament, uh, WJLS, along with Little General. Uh, together to host this tournament, we'll have Uh, Beckley will play Bluefield next Thursday night at 8 o'clock, and then we will play the winner of either uh, Virginia Episcopal School or uh, First Love out of Washington, PA. Those are two private schools that were in the tournament last year. They wanted to come back and play again. So uh, they're back along with Beckley and Bluefield. So it's going to be a good tournament for Beckley, and Beckley starts a month-long homestand. We do not go back on the road until January the 28th when we play, or January 24th. Uh, when we play at Huntington. So uh, from now until January 24th, all the games for Beckley be played
1: at this uh, Armory uh, Convention Center. And no one likes that better than a broadcaster.
13: <laughs> <laughs> a broadcaster especially in January. He,
1: well. <laughs> <laughs> he plays well.
13: <laughs> yeah, especially in January. Right here, That is exactly true. So, yeah, it's it, uh, a good setup for Beckley right now. And, you know, Beckley being 4-0, I, I think a lot of folks that saw Beckley's schedule would think that they would not be a 4-0 at this point because of the two teams that we just played. But... Uh, Beckley's defense uh, is Beckley's defense, like it was, if you remember. I mean, they uh, tonight uh, we held uh, the team that we played from, uh, Pen- from Pennsylvania to 17 points in the second half. Beckley I scored them 34-17 in the second half. And the interesting thing about in this weekend games, both games Beckley was down by as many as 15 points in the first half and uh, came back and got the win. Uh, so that that bodes very well for this Beckley ball club. Who's got four players right now averaging in double figures? Eddie Christian leading the way for this Beckley team. Ty Walton coming back. Uh, from the knee injury, we missed the entire season last year. He's back playing well. Bryce Rapper, an outstanding shooter, uh, he's averaging double figures, and also Mikey Penn, uh, another senior leader for this team. So uh, Beckley's got some good athletes, good players, and uh, they're playing that team defense which uh, Beckley is known for, and uh, that's why they're off of this good start.
1: Flying Eagles have it rolling early on. Fred Persinger the second WJLS Radio ninety-nine point five in Beckley. We thank you so much for joining us, and Fred, have a merry Christmas. You
13: too, buddy. Appreciate it. We'll talk soon.
1: All right. Sounds good. Again, Fred person here The second. We'll be back after break three here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We'll talk with Eric Little WVVV in Parkersburg. Big game there between the Big Reds and the Patriots. Ethan George, WVXS in Grant County. We'll talk Moorfield, Pendleton County, Petersburg, Union Schools. That's all when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues. In what is not a winter wonderland, it's
8: 55 degrees in Huntington right now on on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
9: High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Merry Christmas to everyone. and We also want to wish a Merry Christmas and a thank you to all of our veterans and our men and women in the service. You can watch us online many different ways. Facebook Live on the RSN Sports Facebook page. Go to Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. You can watch us on Periscope. If you are in the Huntington area, Comcast Channel 25. Yes, we've got it working tonight. We're also on network West Virginia statewide. And you go to basketballnight.com. You can watch us on YouTube. And, of course, we're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. We'll tell you all about them at the top of the hour. You can get your pictures featured on our video stream. We want you to send them to us. You can send them to us at uh, Twitter, on Twitter, using at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can send them to RSN Sports on their Facebook page, and we work together to get all those in the video stream. Some of the ones you're watching right now, if you're watching, have been sending to us this week. Thank you very much for that. We also want you to sign up for the Daily Hoops Roundup. That's part of BasketballNight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. Go to BasketballNight.com, sign up for the Daily Hoops Roundup. It's all there just for you. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Merry Christmas.
8: Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling.
1: 9.49 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville. Happy to have you along with a cast of dozens, hundreds, thousands, whatever behind the scenes. A lot of folks back there who make this show possible and help us get things going for you and work through the holiday season as well we've got uh, the the phone queue backing up i mean guys we've, we've almost got it loaded beyond uh <laughs> beyond, <laughs> beyond, <laughs> beyond measure yeah so let's go right back to the phones eric little wvvv in parkersburg and uh tonight the patriots pick up the boys went over the big reds and Eric, Parkersburg South has been playing really well. Parkersburg had some high expectations coming into this year. This might be one of those years where they're both really, really good. And tonight it was the Patriots who were a little bit better.
14: Yeah, and it was a good game, as it always is, between these two schools. But I'm not really sure that it was good in the way that we expected to be good or for the reasons we expected it to be. Uh, They got into some foul trouble. Both of these teams did uh, in the second quarter, and that really affected – uh, the usage of players and key players for much of the night. Uh, Parkersburg High started the game on a 4-0 run. South answered with a 13-0 run. Then PHS answered with a 10-0 run to uh, go into the uh, first quarter break at uh, 14-13. The defense took over in the second, and in the third, South built up the lead with as many as 13 points before PHS whittled that back down. And uh, the Patriots held on for the win late. And, uh, free throw shooting. Uh, helped pull the Patriots too late. They were very good from the line. Uh, PHS not only didn't get to the line as often as South did, uh, they weren't as effective from the line. Uh, Parker Miller for PHS and Cole Plants for South uh, both finished with 25 points. And for Plants, that's the second time this week. He has had 20 or more points in the game. That's a name that I think more people need to recognize statewide. Plants like a potted plant or a rubber tree plant. Cole Plants. Uh, 34 points. 34 points on uh, Tuesday against Capitol and then um 25 tonight against parkersburg high
1: that's a pretty nice week parkersburg south had a victory over capital earlier this week a three-point win um in that game as well so uh, for parkersburg south when you look at the patriots uh they just beat two of the better teams probably in all of triple a at least two you know top 10 caliber teams this week and uh it's hard to really say that uh, anybody's had much better of a week. Of course, Woodrow Wilson might argue with you over that after they beat Lee Alabama and Kennedy Catholic out of Pennsylvania, who are two really good teams. But AAA basketball is shaping up to be uh, not necessarily a runaway for everyone, but competitive and competitive at a high level.
14: Yeah, early on there are a couple teams that are starting to separate themselves from the pack uh, as being teams that uh, could win. And Mike Fallon, the uh, Patriots head coach, said before the year, uh, he thought there were about seven or eight teams that were good enough to step up and win the whole thing in March. But, you know, for South, he built the schedule tough intentionally at the beginning for a reason. He wanted this team to be battle-tested. Uh, he liked the matchup with Capital and getting them. Uh, by the way, that Capital game on Tuesday and uh, the game uh, with Hayes Valley Christian on Wednesday that they played, uh, that's part of the South Holiday Tournament. So uh, Capital, first love that uh, Fred Pershing II was talking about, and Hayes uh, Valley came up for that tournament. And um, with capital, you got speed. Uh, Fallon said early on he wanted them to see a team with a speed of capital early in the year. And then the first love you have size inside. They got a six eight guy and a six eleven guy inside. And uh, South had a pretty good takeaway from that. Though they don't compete size wise, uh, they they held their own in, in many regards with that. So for a team that uh, has opened the year now with four games in eight days, you win three of those four, and the teams you beat are two state tournament teams from a year ago and your crosstown rival. That's not a shabby eight-day stretch.
1: Not at all. And the Patriots get back in action on the 27th with a game at Spring Valley, and then that's on Wednesday. The next Friday night, um, Parkersburg South will host Cabell Midlands. So uh, a couple of I-64-77 uh, showdowns there in the next few weeks. Eric Little, WVVVM Parkersburg. Always appreciate it.
14: Thank you so much. Uh, Again, uh, Merry Christmas to you guys. Uh, Have a nice holiday season and enjoy it all.
1: Hey, thank you so much, and Merry Christmas to you as well. Let's go right back to the phone lines as we've got to continue to move right along here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And we will take Ethan George, WVXS, in South Branch Community Technical College in Grant County, at yeah, the tip-off tournament that features Moorfield, Pendleton County, Petersburg, and Union. Ethan joins us now on the program. Ethan, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
11: Awesome. Thanks for
1: having me, guys. All Thank right. Uh, let's hear about these uh, these games that have been going on um, with this tip-off tournament. Uh, I know that uh, you know we, we've been going through the scores throughout the night, and uh, really the only thing that, that has surprised me From a standpoint of, and we joke about this with Sam Blizzard all the time because it always seems like Moorfield and East Hardy are playing each other in boys or girls every Friday night. That's not the case right now. But the tip-off tournament, you had Moorfield picking up a win over Pendleton County, Petersburg picking up a big victory over Union tonight. Uh, Just tell me a little bit about those four teams that you got to watch play tonight.
11: Oh, yeah, sure, guys. Um, So, like you said, the first game was Moorfield against Pendleton. Uh, Lindsey Rinker, a sophomore. On Moorefield she started out the game with three threes in a row and um, they' didn't really have an answer for moorfield the the defense for the yellow jackets really stepped up the whole game I mean <laughs> kind of want to make the comparison it honestly looked like the mountaineers out there sometimes I mean they, the defense was just relentless altogether
1: and also tonight you know Petersburg and Union now Union a year ago was kind of a little bit of a darling. And uh, this year off to an 0-3 start, um, that's a ball club that, you know, obviously uh, lost a big chunk of its scoring uh, from a Definitely. year ago. And, and in a school that size, that, that makes a big difference.
15: Yeah, I remember calling in last
11: year, guys, after Kalina Burdock's half-court shot against Moorfield and talking to you all about that. And like you said, Kalina, huge loss to the program, but they're hanging in
1: there. Hey, that's, that's that's what you got to do. Coach Marone can uh, uh, you know, can appreciate that, that those kids graduate eventually, and <laughs> you have to yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah, <over>. yeah, unfortunately,
2: <laughs> they graduate, and then you got to start over again. So Union, I'm sure, will bounce back, but uh,
1: taking some hard knocks here in the early going this year. Uh, yeah, no doubt. Ethan George, WVXS. We always appreciate uh, getting to talk with you and getting to talk to some of the small schools that are in that little area of West Virginia in Grant County, and talking about you know Pellington County, uh, Moorefield over in Hardy County, and uh, Petersburg has had a nice little run o- over the last uh, decade or so as well in Double A. So that's a, a program we like to talk about, and obviously. There's always a, a spot in our hearts for the small schools such as Union. So, uh, Ethan, thanks so much for calling in. Merry Christmas. Thank you, guys. Merry Christmas, guys. Thank right, you. One, once again, that was Ethan George of VXS. We don't have enough time to go back to the phones uh, just yet. We'll talk after the break with Dylan Godet of the Buccaneer Sports Network, the Buchanan Upshur Girls, uh, picking up a win over University. We'll talk with Bill Nestor, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg, Robert C. Byrd, and Bridgeport. He had the call of that tonight. We are almost a third of the way through this program already. (laughs) It is the fastest three hours in in radio. And uh, before we go to break, guys... Joe, when you lose someone like Kalina Burdock at a school such as Junior where it's a small school, that's not one you just replace in one year. You kind of have to build toward it again.
3: And I've seen that happen, you know, time and time again. And it's it's just something you have to work through. I mean, you know, sometimes you get some good kids coming through and sometimes the talent's not so great.
1: You have to just, you know, play with the cards you're dealt. There you go. We'll stop aside for a break. We'll come back with Hour 2 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia after this.
8: Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
9: For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including our newest affiliate, 103.7, Jack FM, WQWV in Fisher. The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX in Wheeling. 1370 AM, WVLY in Moundsville. Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel. Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHM, LP, Ravenswood, Ripley. Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn. Talk Radio, WRNR, Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. Classic Hits, 106, WHFI, Linside, 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES, Charleston, 950 AM, 101.9 FM, and 1290 AM. W F L W N Logan, Light Rock 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket. FM WMTD in Henson. 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP, Edmond, Beckley. 101.7 FM WYAPLP, Clay. And Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. You can view Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on Network West Virginia on YouTube. On Comcast Channel 25 in Huntington, at Hoops underscore Roundup, Periscope, and on Facebook Live at RSN Sports.
0: Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores, all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now.
1: We welcome you to hour two of Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Ryan up alongside the coach Rick Marone and Joe Linville. Happy to have you along here at 10 o'clock here on this December 22nd, 2017. Yeah, not cold. No, <laughs> not at all. no. No. It's it, it, You're not buying that, are you? No. I, you know, I was joking. I work midnight to 8 a.m. I didn't even wear a jacket to work last night and didn't need one. It was nice and comfortable. So, um, you know, it does not feel like Christmas whatsoever, but we are just 3 days away uh from Christmas. We certainly do extend uh you know, Merry Christmas out to all of you who are watching at home or are listening. Uh, however, you might be listening on the radio back from a game, listening uh, online, listening uh, just in the variety of ways. We, uh, we certainly appreciate sitting you being in the there. easy
3: chair at the house watching. <laughs> yeah,
1: some <laughs> hot yeah. chocolate in
3: hand. Why do uh, you need hot chocolate no, tonight? I don't know <laughs> why. Chocolate. It's
1: not your it's not favorite cold. cold
3: beverage, maybe. Yeah, uh,
1: but, uh, don't need hot chocolate tonight, uh, so that's for certain. But <laughs> um, again, a full scoreboard. Uh, we'll get to that. And we'll also talk with Dylan Godet of the Buccaneers Sports Network. We'll talk with Bill Nesser, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. Uh, Dylan had the Buchanan-Upshur girls game with the university. Bill had the Robert C. Byrd boys game with Bridgeport, big rivalry game there. We'll talk about those games in just a moment. But first, it's time for another check of the Marshall University Sports Journalism basketballnight.com scoreboard. Boy Scores from across the Mountain State on this final Friday before Christmas. It was Tug Valley defeating North Marion, 67-56 in the Bob Runyon Tournament in Chapmanville. Also tonight, it has gone final. The host Tigers of Chapmanville Regional defeat Mountain View, 71-35. That sets up Chapmanville, Tug Valley, Mountain View, North Marion tomorrow. Braxton County defeats Greater Beckley Christian tonight in the George Thompson Holiday Tournament in Ripley. Final score there, 76-68. Eagles get the win. They are now 5-2. The Van Hillbillies pick up the consolation game of the Sherman Christmas Tournament. 75-65 winners over Liberty Raleigh tonight. Woodrow Wilson defeats two-time reigning Pennsylvania State champion Kennedy Catholic From just outside of Pittsburgh, 54-43, the final. The Flying Eagles are now 4-0. Cameron beats Bridgeport, Ohio, 77-56. It was Oak Glen picking up a 75-44 victory over Madonna. Also tonight, Morgantown beats Schroeder out of Ohio, 46-30. Schroeder out of the Cincinnati suburbs. It was Bluefield picking up a victory over Pikeview. The Beavers go to 4-0 with an 80-44 to victory. Steubenville Catholic Central Ohio defeats Weir tonight, 58-56. That is uh, a battle of two teams that are literally separated by a bridge, and that's about it. Also tonight, fantastic ball game. We'll have much more on in just a moment. Bridgeport defeats Robert C. Byrd, 58-57. The final, the Indians now 4-0. East Fairmont defeats Lindsley 63-49. It was Fairmont Senior over Philip Barber. 84-55, first loss of the season for the Colts. Polar Bears now perfect 5-0. Fayetteville defeats Midland Trail 49-46. It was George Washington defeating Wesley Christian Kentucky 66-47. Also, Greenbrier West beat Richwood 78-46 tonight. Another final score was South Harrison over Harmon 62-42 as the Harmon Panthers fall to 1-4. South Harrison now 1-1. Wyoming East defeats Independence tonight, 82-31 the final. Brooke, a 38-33 winner over John Marshall. Frankfurt wins the battle of Mineral County over Kaiser tonight, 58-35 the final in that one in short gap. Also tonight, Logan defeats Westside, 65-52, a 13-point win for the Wildcats at Willie Acres Arena. Nitro defeats Wayne tonight at Pioneer Gym. 69-48 the final. Wildcats a perfect 6-0. That's a sleeper team right now. Also, there won't be a sleeper team for long though. Parkersburg South uh, <laughs> defeats Parkersburg 51-46. It was Pocahontas County defeating Webster County 60-53. Ravenswood picks up a home victory over St. Mary's. They are very tough in the pit. 90-55 the final. Red Devils get the win. Wheeling Park defeats Steubenville, Ohio, 72-50. And the Cardinal Conference final tonight, the Winfield Generals go to 3-1 with a 94-76 victory over Sissonville.
3: On the girls' side of the scoreboard in the uh, Petersburg tip-off tournament, it was the Moorfield Yellow Jackets defeating Pendleton County 54 to 37. In that same tournament, also a final Petersburg defeated Union 65-26. Gilmer County fell to Braxton County or correction, Gilmer County picked up the win over Braxton County 38 or 39 to 38. Cameron, uh, winners tonight over Clay Battelle, 44-22. Courtney Walker scored a team high of 20 points. Corey Scott picked up 10 in that win. It was Williamstown falling to Tyler Consolidated, 69-63. It was Bluefield picking up a win on the ladies' side as well with a win over Pikeview, 60-54. Nicholas County, the Grizzlies, picked up a win over the Independence Patriots by a score of 64-33 buckhannon Upshire, the Buccaneers, pick up a win over the University Hawks, 65-44. Martinsburg, winners tonight over Hampshire, 54-39. It was Morgantown, the Mohegans, pick up the win over Spring Mills, 51-37. And then the final girls score uh, in this round... Tennessee High from Tennessee defeated Spring Valley in the Doc Maples Tournament Championship game, 62-52. And that's a look at your Marshall University Sports Journalism basketballnight.com
1: scoreboard. Thank you so much for that, Joe. And let's go right back to the phone lines. Dylan Godet of the Buccaneer Sports Network joins us now on the program. And uh, Dylan, the Buchanan Upshur girls have... Obviously, we talked about last week having expectations coming into this season after a runner-up finish a year ago with so much returning. And tonight, uh, a big win over University, 65-44.
7: Yeah, another big win uh, for the Lady Bucks. This is their second game against University early on in the season in the sectional matchup there at the University. able to pick up the second win. And it was a slow start for for Buchanan-Upshur. They, they fell to North Marion on Tuesday uh, lost there in the Big Ten, in a Big Ten game there. And North Marion um, looked very impressive in that game, uh, slowed down Buchanan's pressure. That's what Buchanan's known for is, is just pressing teams and forcing a lot of turnovers. Uh, but North Marion got easy baskets against Buchanan, and it, it kind of shocked the girls. And I, I think it was a, a good test early uh, to get them prepared uh, for some tough matchups, especially come tournament time. But they battled back tonight, started out slow, uh, down down five after the first quarter, but they dominated the second half and outscored uh, University 30-14 to 14 in the second half. So a great performance, uh, again, by Lady Bucks tonight.
1: And you mentioned being able to bounce back from that uh, loss. I mean, Buck Cannon-Upshur is considered by many the favorite in AAA, or at least among the favorites with so much returning from that talented team from a year ago. And to lose at home to a double-A North Marion, mind you, North Marion, not your typical double-A, but uh, to lose 66-51, a 15-point game, that, that opened up some eyes as well. Um, but tonight, able to bounce back with that 21-point victory were the Buccaneers. And uh, I have to think experience uh, helps when sometimes you have a setback and uh, you don't let that carry over.
7: Yeah, I would have to agree with that as well. I think it's the, the senior, of course, you've heard about her. Um, everyone's heard about her in the whole state there in Hannah McClung. She had 22 points tonight. Uh, she was kind of cold there in that North Marion game, uh, but she battled back. And I think a lot of that had to do, they were probably still thinking about that big win that the girls had on Saturday against against Parkersburg, able to pick up a 65-38 win. And that was a huge win for the girls at Parkersburg's second team in AAA uh, to just dominate them. Um, In that game, and then they came out flat against North Marion. But um, tonight, um, Hannah McClung played a great game again. Mentioned her with 22 points. Lauren Bennett as well. Um, It's been known that it's kind of the offense runs through Hannah. Uh, with Buchanan, but um, last couple games, Lauren Bennett has stepped up. Tonight she had 19 points, 10 rebounds. Um, this summer, Hannah was playing on a on a travel basketball team, not with Buchanan's travel team. She was playing on a, a statewide team there. So Lauren was the scorer for the Lady Bucks this offseason. I think that really helped her out and uh, she was that number one go-to player. So now Buchanan has two players. They can give the basketball to a bigger player there in Lauren as the, a the forward and have her, her take it to the basket. And I think that's key because when Hannah starts getting slow, this, the offense for Buchanan starts looking for other players. And Lauren stepped up tonight uh, with a big game. So if they can find a couple other scores to complement the hard defense and, and the play from Hannah, uh, again, this this team's going to continue to grow and continue uh, to impress as the season wears on.
1: Obviously, takes more than one threat. Hannah McClung is an excellent number one threat, but when you've got someone else to go to as well, uh, that makes your team even more dangerous. Busy week upcoming for the Buccaneers.
7: Yeah, busy week. They have the holiday tournament at home. They continue the tough schedule. Uh, they will play Wheeling Park uh, on December. Uh, 28th as a part of Buchanan's holiday tournament, and then come back the next day to either play Spring Mills or Spring Valley. So quality AAA girls basketball tournament in Buchanan um, next week. So um, if you're around the area, definitely head out and check out that matchup. We'll have it on the radio as well. Uh, But, again, Wheeling Park, tough team is, again, uh, they're in our region. They're in Region 1 there for Buchanan. So, again, this tough schedule continues. And with the win over University tonight as well, that that puts Buchanan in the catbird seat to pick up home home court advantage, which they've had the last three seasons. Um, and it come sectional play, they have two more games remaining in their section against Morgantown. If they're able to pick up one of those, I believe they secure secure the the section there. So that that's something to look out for as well.
1: Should be a lot of fun. know it's a, it's an excellent. Uh... Opportunity in Buchanan right now for uh, folks to just enjoy this season. And the postseason will get here fast enough. That's Dylan Goday of, ba- of the Buccaneer Sports Network. Thanks so much, Dylan. Merry Christmas to you.
7: Thank you as well. Merry Christmas to you all.
1: I appreciate it. Let's go right back to the phone lines. Bill Nester WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. Fantastic ball game tonight between Bridgeport and Robert C. Bird. And, uh, Bill, the Indians remain undefeated with the very tight win. Uh, getting the one-point home victory tonight.
12: What a close game tonight, guys. It was a barn butter. Across town, rival it always lives up to expectations tonight. No different as RCB started out pretty good, had an eight-point lead in the majority of the first half. But foul difficulties uh, plagued RCB. They have been an issue throughout this early part of the season, and that trend continued tonight as three starters settled two fouls apiece and forced uh, head coach Bill Bennett to his bench early and off and kind of changed the uh, – substitution patterns, if you will, and that was a big advantage for Bridgeport. RCB had a one-point lead at the break, but Bridgeport jumped out in the third quarter to a 13-point spread and uh, looked pretty solid. Their defense was impressive tonight. The Tribe held Robert Seabird to single digits in the second and third quarters respectively. That third quarter was a key quarter for Bridgeport, outscoring the goals 18-5 to in that stanza. But RCB came back in the fourth quarter behind five three-pointers from Tanner Kennedy, cut that deficit to a deuce, but Bridgeport had some big free throws down the stretch. As a matter of fact, Bridgeport really had an advantage to foul on on the game, scoring 14 points from the charity stripe. Uh, Robert Seabird just had two. So uh, really it came down to to a nail-biter at the end and give credit to Bridgeport for pulling out a big win.
1: Those games can be difficult to lose, but I think they're more important just to play in at this time of year, because uh, those are the types of games you get in the postseason, those nip- and tuck- type games. and anytime you have experience in those, it, it cannot hurt.
12: Ron, you're exactly right. And the thing about this RCB team that you've got to remember, you're starting a pair of freshmen, and you've got several freshmen in the mix getting a lot of playing time. So everything is a first for them. Last week was or this Wednesday, excuse me, was their first home win. Uh, you know, this is their first uh, varsity experience in a cross-town rival game. Next week at Musselman, their first true real road test. So every game seems to provide a first for these guys. And uh, when you get to the midway point, point maybe three-quarters of the way through, these freshmen will long enough minutes to be more like sophomores and you expect more from them. But right now it's kind of a growing curve, and uh, they're getting a chance to get their feet wet uh, early and often. So it's... Uh, It's definitely an opportunity for this team to uh, learn to play together because you've got a good mesh of really quality upperclassmen with these younger guys. So just getting a chance to get them uh, playing well together, that's kind of the big thing for them right now. And You lose a tough one, it is a heartbreaker, but but the key is Coach Bennett won't let them get down on this one. They'll learn from it. They'll build from it and move on for next week.
1: And next week, a game with Oak Hill, who is off to a fantastic start. Oak Hill makes the trip up to Clarksburg. And then uh, that's on Wednesday. And then Friday, uh, the Eagles make the trip over to Musselman, over to Inwood. So um, they'll enjoy that trip.
12: Oh, that'll be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that one. And that Oak Hill game is a, a rare four o'clock tip uh, because of the distance there. And no Oak Hill wanted to play it early. So that'll be nice an opportunity to play an early game and maybe get out and scout somebody else later in the evening. And then, as you mentioned, uh, making the trip to Musselman on Friday. So. You've got a couple uh, true tests next week, that's for sure.
1: I should say Bunker Hill is actually where the school is, <laughs> not Inwood. Inwood was where De Niro Marriott was from, former Marshall Receiver We went to Musselman, and there you go. But, uh, Bill Nester, always a pleasure. Merry Christmas, and we'll look forward to talking with you again next week.
12: Hey, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Have a great rest of the show. Have a Merry Christmas, and, a, and I hope ho-ho treats you well.
1: Hey, thank you so Thanks, much. Bill. That's Bill Nester, WPDX Radio in Clarksburg. We've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will introduce you. To this week's standout athlete of the week. We'll also talk with Jordan Mounts. He had the Tug Valley North Marion game as well as the Chapmanville Mount View Boys game. And our buddy Bill Lusk of the Logan Banner joins us to talk about the Logan Wildcats and the West Side Renegades. Our resident referee Bo Anderson's on hold. He's going to be there a while. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia
8: on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
9: There's no better place to be than right here. It's basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Every Friday from 9 to midnight. Thanks for joining us. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Make sure you join us online tonight. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. Last week, the question was... Should coaches have to be given a warning before being assessed a technical foul? 63% of you said yes. This week's poll question, should West Virginia institute a running clock in the fourth quarter of a 25-point game when there was a JV game? Vote yes or no. Go to basketballnight.com to vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote and then we'll share the results at the end of the show. Make sure you join us and follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. New followers this week include... Hampshire Girls, Char 304 Elite, Tim Buck, St. Albans High, Louis Cassis, Greater Beckley Christian, Tim Sprague, WCHS Sports Network, Robert Rainey, West Virginia Elite, Mama Burkett, Craig Massilli, Taylor Huddleston, Brian Flowers, Jason Spriggs, Mike Markham.
8: stay up to date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com. now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with bill cornwell joe linville coach rick marone and ryan epling 1019 on this basketball friday night in west virginia
1: ryan epling alongside joe linville Rich Mar- Mar- rick marone will join us again the coach rick marone that's difficult to say sometimes <laughs> even though i've known him for 25 years now but um We bring in Luke Creasy with us. Luke, the sports director of WMUL Radio in Huntington, the student broadcast voice of Marshall University and uh, the host of the uh, Fast Break Sports Network, uh, our flagship station now at this point. And uh, Luke, this week's Standout Athlete of the Week uh, is a uh – girl who folks who have dealt with East Fairmont for four years are
15: probably ready to see graduate at this point. Yeah, absolutely. She's been a playmaker uh, for those Lady Bees you know, since she took a, a big role as a freshman. She you know, averages about 10.5 points a game this time around uh, this season, but really does things all over the statute, assisting, rebounding, and uh, scoring the basketball most importantly. Yeah, her name is Jaden Lindsey. She is a senior at East Fairmont
1: High School and Far beyond the basketball court, she also uh, is busy, especially this time of year.
15: Yeah, she, she volunteers herself, uh, ringing the bell for the Salvation Army. Don't know how much she's done it this year, but I know she's done it in years past and really enjoys getting out there in the community and, and really p- participating up there in the local area of Fairmont. And she likes to paint, she's an artist. Yeah, I was wow. talking. how does she find time? You know. Well, yeah, I was talking to her, and she's not quite as busy. as Our student athlete of the week last week, Jacob oh. Clark, who had just yes, so so right. much going on. If you were able to to tune in there, but uh, she she started painting back in the second grade, uh, painting, drawing, anything like that. She she really enjoys you know expressing herself in that way. And I don't want to give away a what, uh, what what she might be getting people for Christmas, but I know she's, <laughs> she's, she's used that ability to be able to, to give back uh, to some of her family this year. So it's pretty cool talent there.
1: And like so many people, um, especially when you're in high school, uh, sometimes people are more outgoing than others. And uh, from, from our understanding, she's one of these people that maybe might be reserved at first, but once you get to know her, you really get to, uh, you know, she, she really uh, will, will come out of her shell a little bit and leave a lasting impression.
15: Yeah, I think that it's one of those, it just has to take some time for her to warm up, to. And I noticed even on a short phone conversation uh, earlier on this week that, you know, she, she really is a, a girl with a lot of character and a student-athlete that brings a lot to the table, not only in regards to her performance on the court, but off the court as well. She boasts a 4.0 GPA. Here's Luke with more now on our standout
1: athlete of the week, Jaden Lindsay from East Fairmont High School.
15: Jaden Lindsay stands out from the crowd at East Fairmont High School on the court, in the classroom, and throughout the community as a natural-born leader. And that is why Jaden is this week's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia Standout Athlete of the Week. Halfway through her freshman season, Jaden was asked by her head coach, James Beckham, to be the team's point guard. She took that challenge and literally ran with it. Beckman says he saw a big change a year ago in Jaden's junior season.
5: Middle of last year, I saw her really starting in coming into the leadership role, speaking more to players, uh, communicating more with staff members. And I've always told her, I said, as a point guard, uh, you're an extension of the coach out there. So, and that's what she's doing, and I'm I'm very proud of of the lady that she's become.
15: Jaden is now a role model for the other 17 student athletes on the team because of the time she spent playing such an integral role for the bees.
16: Knowing that I'm there and they're there for me, I think really helps our chemistry as a team, and that really makes it easier because they all kind of listen to what I say whenever, since I've been here the longest, so it really helps out.
15: <laughs> the way she approaches the game, her schoolwork, and extracurricular activities leaves a lasting impact on those around her. Beckman says it all starts with a positive attitude.
5: That attitude is contagious, and I always tell them it's worth catching. And with that positive attitude, if we have, uh, 18 girls on our team with positive attitudes so we can take a step in the right direction and she's helping us take that step.
15: Jaden is taking multiple advanced placement courses as well as a college class during her senior year and says that as long as she's in school, basketball isn't her top priority and that is reflected in her 4.0 GPA.
16: School has always been first for me. I focus on that before I do sports but I have my parents help a lot, helping me balance it.
15: As a team, the East Fairmont girls volunteered this past Saturday at the Soup Opera. The Soup Opera is a local outreach in Fairmont that provides meals to those in need on a daily basis throughout the holiday season. Beckman says that Jaden's leadership was on full display at the Soup Opera.
5: Watching our kids bond and to see the purpose they served, helping the community, uh, will mean more to me than winning any basketball game. And the role that Jaden, as well as the other two seniors, took with this community project was very
15: humbling.
16: Since we have so much, we take it for granted, like just seeing everyone who we got to serve and stuff, how happy they were, and really meant a lot.
15: Community involvement is something that is important to Jaden, not for selfish reasons, but she understands the impact that high school athletes may have on their communities.
16: I think it's really important because people look up to athletic teams, and whenever people see teams out doing things for the community, it kind of makes them want to do things.
15: Jaden, the four-year Letterman point guard, hopes to lead her bees squad to the state tournament in Charleston at season's end, where they haven't been in eight years. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Luke Creasy. Thank you very much, Luke. Good stuff there. Before we go back to the phone lines, I
1: do want to mention real fast that uh, earlier tonight, Marshall defeated Eastern Kentucky by a final of 91-71. to 71. I bring that up because uh, junior guard John Elmore, who is from Charleston, he played for George Washington. Um, he passed Hal Greer on Marshall's all-time scoring list, now 21st all-time uh, in scoring at 26 points tonight. C.J. Burks, who is a Hedgesville grad, had 25 points this season and a uh, season high of four made threes. So, The West Virginians doing well. Rondell Watson, who graduated from Greenbrier East, had once gone to Oak Hill. Um, He scored 12 points in his first home game for Marshall. So, the West Virginia natives doing uh, doing good work for Thundering Herd tonight as they get the win over Eastern Kentucky.
3: You know, we talked a little bit about that last week. Glad to see more of these D1 colleges looking in locally at some talent.
1: And winning with it. Really. Not just not just, just having it to have right. it, but to also have success with it, because those are uh, really good basketball players. Let's go back to the phone lines to Jordan Mounts. He got to see uh, some of the better basketball players in double A and Absolutely. a few in single A as well tonight. Tug Valley beats North Marion, Chapmanville beats Mount View and uh Jordan, we'll start with Tug Valley in North Marion. That's a single A over a double A. That's a powerhouse single A program, obviously. In Tug Valley, that's a North Marion program that many think might be the third best team in the Big Ten this year. Uh, big win for the Panthers in the Bob Runyon Tournament in Chapmanville.
17: Yeah, you know, guys, uh, it was uh, it was definitely a big win. Uh, Tug Valley kind of came into the game. I don't. I, I kind of want to say. Uh, as a little bit of an underdog uh, in the game, but uh, the Panthers showed up, got an excellent performance from a couple key players, uh, Bryce and Priest especially, uh, and uh, they, in the end they were able to uh, to, to hold on and uh, pull out a win over a, a very very good Double A team in North Marion.
1: Well, I know you get to follow Tug Valley closer, but that was probably, I'm going to say, the first time you saw North Marion this year. Um, tell me your impressions of the Huskies as someone who, uh, you know, from your perspective, I was just getting to see them.
17: Well, you know, uh, North Marion, they've got, the, they've got one kid. Uh, I, I, I'm not going to try to pronounce his name because... Uh, <laughs> I'm afraid I will mess it up, but uh, he is their six foot nine senior uh, center. I uh, believe it's I believe he's number twenty three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, he's definitely his presence is definitely felt down there. Tall kid, big kid, strong kid, um, and he created a, a mismatch for us there at times. And in fact, at one point in time during the uh, second half, he had blocked like I believe. Five shots in a row for Tug uh, of Tug Valley. Shots, uh, very very dominant around the basket and uh, very very strong. Able to get to the basket, very good. Uh, just a good, good, fun to watch him just in general.
3: Hey Jordan, this is Joe Lindwell, real quick. Uh, I got to listen to a little bit of the beginning of that game on the way in tonight. Uh, Tug Valley had a couple quick threes there right at the onset. Did that kind of set the tempo for the game?
17: Yeah, you know, uh, Tug Valley had a couple of uh, had a couple really good shots there by Tyler May and Levi Davis, especially. You know, both teams came out of the came out of the gates firing, but Tug Valley especially, they they were able to continue to run just a little bit longer. And guys, I'll be honest with you, uh, the Panthers won that ball game in the first and the fourth quarter. Uh, honestly, in my opinion, where it actually matters the most, but. Uh, uh, they, they, were able to, uh, they were able to get off to a hot start, and then there at the fourth quarter they were finally able to edge it out and pull away just a little bit after a more or less lackadaisical third quarter by, uh, by any standard, as you might say.
1: Jordan, you know I was trying to really get you to say that name, right? Like I, was, I, was, I was really <laughs> efforting to just like naturally letting you bring out the name to us tonight of uh, Jude Acabweze.
3: I was going to say we, we were going to have to call Chris <laughs>
1: Kid and get his pronunciation. <laughs> uh, well, the,
17: the kids got some talent. I will definitely say that, guys.
1: Well, also tonight you saw Chapmanville and Mount View. The Tigers roll in that one. Uh, you know, let's be honest. Chapmanville outmaned some teams, and uh, Mount View was one of them that was outmanned tonight. But uh, that's going to set up a very interesting game tomorrow.
17: Oh, absolutely! Uh, you know, Chapmanville in in this game, uh, they had ten players that were able to put points up on the board for the Tigers. You know, they were led by uh, let's see, they were led by uh, Dylan Smith, who had fifteen for the for the Tigers, and uh, right behind him was uh, with twelve points was uh, Philip Mullins. You know, uh, and, and Chapmanville they were running ten guys in uh, ten guys throughout the ball game. You know. Uh, five in five out at times they're a little bit less than that substitution but either way uh just a very very deep team tug valley's going to have its hands full tomorrow but uh uh it's definitely it's a rivalry game between the two schools dating back to when they were both in double a uh and uh tug valley's going to definitely show up and hopefully they'll hopefully it'll be as good of a game as it was here today
1: jory mount's always a pleasure uh we greatly appreciate you uh, taking time out to talk with us tonight. Merry Christmas, and we'll catch back up with you a little bit later on in the year.
17: Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me on. Merry Christmas to you all, and we'll play some TSO during the breaks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There's Jordan Mounts uh, again. The Bob Runyon Tournament. That that's a, a good tournament this year. It's a good tournament every year, but um, you bring in a North Marion who has some expectations, but doesn't necessarily have the pedigree in the moment. I think that's a team on the rise. And, uh, you know, you you mix in a Tug Valley, get Chapmanville in there, and suddenly you've got teams that, you know, don't necessarily cross paths all the time playing each other and uh, makes for some interesting basketball. We're always
3: talking north and south, and that gives the north a little chance to look at some south flavor and
1: the south to look at a little – Flavor from the north, and Coach Marone. And before we go to break here, we we have to go to break in just a moment. But uh, it seems like when the southern when the southern teams go north, the northern teams pretty well handle. When the northern teams come south, the southern teams tend to handle them. And uh, home court really does play a lot, and travel does play a lot within the state.
2: Yeah, I don't think there's any question. And I think as you see those matchups across regions, uh, it, it plays out that way a lot of times. Not all the time, but uh, most of the time. And then what really is interesting, when you get into March and you see them meet and kind of meet in the middle at the state tournament, all bets are off then. Yeah. But, yeah, it seems like the home team kind of holds serve.
1: All roads do lead to Charleston right. as West Virginia <laughs> Like it or not, that's just how it is. We're gonna step aside and take a break. When we come back, we'll get another scoreboard update. We'll talk with Bill Laska the Logan Banner. We'll talk with our resident referee Bo Anderson at some point and we'll have Tulsa High School Boys Basketball Coach Todd Maynard all on the program. We'll launch slow talk with the coach. We've got the Tulsa high school girls coach on here. We haven't talked about the Lady Rebels yet. We'll do all that when we
8: come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
9: For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit BasketballNight.com. How about a chance to graduate from college not only with a diploma, but also prepared to thrive in an exciting, growing field? The Marshall University Sports Journalism Program might just be for you. The expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and the continued thirst for local sports coverage make sports journalism a growth industry with jobs waiting for those who earn this degree. Your passion, curiosity, charisma. Coupled with Marshall University Sports Journalism Training, will equip you for success in a multi-billion dollar global industry. So bring your abilities and the desire to be the eyes, ears, and life of the game to our Huntington campus to learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd. We'll teach you how to go beyond the scores and statistics to tell compelling stories and accurately report breaking news across multiple media platforms. Marshall University's W. Page Fit School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more about the exciting possibilities by visiting marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Merry Christmas to you and yours. Thanks for joining us tonight. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And if you've got a score, you can text the show, 304 249 4924. 304 249 4924.
8: Stay up-to-date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan
1: Epling. 10.35 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, and Joe Linville. Happy to have you along here on the program. Week three of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We have been raiding the cookies. They're good. But, um... Nonetheless, um, we'll talk with Bill Lusk in just a moment. No close-ups right now. I just ate some cookies. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, I'll have to work on that in a second here. Where, where's the makeup team anyway? But anyway, they've never shown up, ironically. But I uh, will talk with Bill Lusk and the Logan Banner uh, in a moment. He had the Logan Westside boys game. I thought that was one of the more interesting games in the cold fields tonight. We'll also talk with our resident referee, Bo Anderson. I saw some things that I want to speak with him about just to get – his perspective on um, the way things were administered um, in certain situations. And also we'll talk with Todd Maynard, the boys' basketball coach at Tulsa, in his first year. And uh, we'll, we'll do all that in just a moment. But first, it's time for another Marshall University sports journalism, basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Joe will give us the boys' scores. Coach Marone will give us the girls' scores. Joe, lead the way.
3: On the Marshall University Sports Journalism Basketball Night.com scoreboard and the Bob Runyon Memorial Tournament at Chapmanville, it was the Tug Valley Panthers picking up the win tonight over North Marion, 67 56. And that same tournament, it was the Chapmanville Tigers defeating Mount U, 71 35. It was Braxton County, Downing, uh, Greater Beckley, Christian, uh, 76-68. That was in the George Thompson Holiday Tournament at Ripley. And... uh It was the St. Joe Fighting Irish pick up the win over the Ripley Vikings 61-57 in that same tournament. Another big tournament, uh, the Sherman Christmas uh, Tournament down at uh, Sherman at Seth. It was the Man Hillbillies picking up a win tonight in the consolation game with the win over the Liberty Raleigh uh, Rebels. And it was the Van Bulldogs winning that tournament 68-45 over the Sherman Tide and other scores from across the state. It was Riverview, uh, who was downed by Richlands, Virginia tonight, 57-46. Woodrow Wilson picked up the big win over Kennedy Catholic, uh, 54-43. Cameron, winners tonight over Bridgeport, Ohio, 77-56. Oak Glen, the Golden Bears, pick up a win tonight over the Madonna Blue Dons, 75-44. It was the Morgantown Mohegans winners tonight over uh, Schroeder, 46-30. Tyler Consolidated winners over Peyton City, 75 45, 44. It was uh, Bluefield picking up the win tonight over Pikeview 80 to 44 Riverside fell to Capital tonight 78 or 77 48 It was Steubenville picking up the win over Weir tonight, uh, 58-56 in a tight one. Another tight one. It was Berkeley Springs winners tonight over Petersburg, 79-74. Another close one by one point. Bridgeport defeats Robert C. Byrd, 58-57. George Washington Defeats Wesley Christian, 66-47. It was Clay County. The Panthers pick up the win over Gilmer County, 73-48. It was the East Fairmont Bees picking up the win tonight over... It was East Fairmont over Lindsley, 63-49. The Polar Bears, a Fairmont senior, pick up the win over Philip Barber, 84-55. It was Fayetteville picking up the win over Midland Trail tonight, 49-46. It was George the George Washington Patriots winners over Wesley Christian, 66-47. Greenbrier West, the Cavaliers, pick up a win over Richwood, 78-46. It was South Harrison, the Hawks, pick up the win over Hannon, 62-42 fell to Bealsville, Billsville, Ohio tonight, 69-50. It was the Huntington Highlanders who uh, fell by a point from Cincinnati Taft 48-47. Independence fell to Wyoming East tonight, 82-31. It was the Brook Bruins over John Marshall tonight, 38-33. Frankfurt picks up a win over Kaiser, 58-35. The Logan Wildcats Uh, pick up a win tonight, uh, 65-52 over Westside. David Early led all scoring with 31 points. It was the Wayne Pioneers falling to Nitro, 69-48. Parkersburg South picks up the win over Parkersburg, 51-46. Pocahontas County, the Warriors, winners tonight over neighboring Webster County, 60-53. Ravenswood picks up a big win tonight over St. Mary's, 90-55. South Charleston defeats Spring Valley, 89-74. It was uh, South Gallia, Ohio, falling to Wahama tonight, 49-48. Willing Park, winners tonight over Steubenville, 72-50. Sissonville fell to Winfield, 94-76. And it was Hedgesville picking up the win tonight over
2: uh, Washington Lee, 67-61. Rick? Let's take a look at the girls' scores. Ho, 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 I've got a sleigh full of girls' scores for you tonight. First off, Moorfield gets a win over Pendleton County in the tip-off tournament in Petersburg, 54-37, the other half of that tournament, Petersburg, 65, Union, 26. The Gilmore County Titans win a nail-biter against Braxton County. They knock off the Eagles 39-38. to The Cameron Dragons breathing fire tonight, beat the Seabees at Clay Battelle 44-22. A big-time matchup. Tyler Consolidated gets a win, a home win over Williamstown, 69-63. Big win for the Knights in that one. Weir falls to Trinity. The Trinity Warriors 44, Weir 31. Pikeville and Bluefield, a Region 3 matchup. Goes down to the wire of Bluefield, pulls out a 60-54 to win over Pikeview. 68-11 to was the final. Cabell Midland over Man. That's right, 68-11, to your final in that one. Nicholas County 64, Independence 33 as the Patriots fall short tonight. Point Pleasant falls to South Charleston. It's the Black Eagles 82, Point Pleasant 21. University in Buchanan-Upshur. Buchanan-Upshur back on track 65-44, winner over University and the Hawks. The Bulldogs from Martinsburg get a 54-39 home win over the Hampshire Trojans. Morgantown goes on the road to Spring Mills, gets a 51-37 win. And Spring Valley heads south. They make a nice run in the Doc Maples tournament. They get to the finals. They fall to Tennessee High 62 to 52, and that's a look at your sports journalism, Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard update.
1: Thank you guys very much for that, and of course it's a busy night of high school basketball as teams get ready to head into the weekend, and then Christmas coming up on Monday, a lot of teams playing in uh, tournaments that are running last night, and or tonight, last night, and into tomorrow in some instances as well. So, Uh, We are uh, trying to uh, get everybody lined out here. We've got a full queue of callers ready to go. And um, we'll talk with our resident referee, Bo Anderson, in a moment. We'll also talk with Todd Maynard, head coach of the Tulsa Rebels boys team, in just a moment. We'll also have Kelly Church, head coach of the Hedgesville boys basketball team, in a moment. Right now I want to go to Bill Lusk of the Logan Banner, Logan Westside boys game tonight. Uh, great ball game at Willie Acres Arena. Had a lot of uh, a lot of pregame uh, hype, so to speak. After West Side Mingo Central last week, Mingo Central turned around and beat Logan last week on the road. Tonight, Logan handles West Side, also in Willie Acres Arena.
6: Yeah, what a difference uh, week makes for the Renegades West Side. They, uh, you know, speaking with uh, Coach Jenkins after the game, he said, you know, he, he had a funny feeling about. Uh, about tonight because, you know, he knows his team. And, uh, you know, he told told his assistant coaches that, you know, something just didn't seem right. And, uh, well, it got off to a good start for him, leading 12-9 at the end of the first quarter. But uh, from there, you know, David Early just took over uh, 21 – or, excuse me, 31 points. Uh, He only had three points in the first quarter, so to give you an idea of how – how he caught fire there, especially in the middle quarters. He had 20 of these 31 points in uh, those quarters where Logan outscored Westside 30-19. to 19, And the Wildcats improved three 3-1, Westside 2-1 on the
1: year. Bill, those are two ball clubs that are in different regions but um, could meet again down the line but have a lot of work to do to get there.
6: Oh yeah, especially when you look at uh, you know, West Side. they got a you know, the tough task of, you know, coming out of that region that has Bluefield and, you know, a, a very experienced Oak Hill team in the past uh past two years. I know they've taken uh, they've taken some lumps over the years but uh, those guys are now juniors and seniors and it's a very talented group. Last year, uh, I know a lot being of course being a former assistant coach at me in high school, I know a lot about that Oak Hill team and the you know, saw first hand our second game of the season last year, and, you know, that's, that's a special group of kids down there. Uh, the Bluefield, you can never count them out. And, you know, Westside's got a, you know, a county rival in their section in, the, you know, Wyoming East. Uh, you never know how those games turn out. Uh, Logan, they have to, you know, worry about Mingo Central and Chapmanville in their section. Uh, never, you know, never easy, especially when you see what uh, Mingo Central did last year ending Polka's long uh, home winning streak to get to the state tournament. And uh, this year, they're uh, they're kind of fighting some injuries right now, which uh, I I think you know. Last week, the the final score of the Westside Mingo Central game may have turned a lot of heads in some people, but you know, I happened to be at that ball at that game covering it for the Williamson Daily News, and you know, Westside was just they were unconscious in the second half, twenty of twenty five shooting in that second half to you know pull away for the twenty three point win. Uh, They missed five shots the entire second half, and three of those came on uh, attempted putbacks in the fourth quarter. So, you know, it could have been uh, the shooting percentage could have been a little better there in that fourth quarter if not from putbacks. And, uh, you know, Logan, if uh, they can get some people to step up around David early, uh, they're going to be tough. You know, they got a big guy inside in Dino No, who uh, he's a shot blocker. He can score inside. And uh, he showed a little bit of range today, knocking down a three-pointer. And they they have a freshman in Mitchell hanger who had 12 points uh, tonight in the in the big win over Westside. As they go and as he gets, you know, he gets gets more experienced, he's gonna be he's gonna be a tough kid to handle down the stretch for you know any for for the opposition regardless.
1: That's my long-time buddy Bill Lusk down in Logan. Had the Logan West Side game tonight. Uh, always a pleasure to talk with Bill. We wish Bill a very Merry Christmas. We are right up against things. Let's go right back to the phones right now to Holly Palmer. She is the girls' basketball coach at Paul Paul. That's right. One of my favorite and Coach Palmer. Let me let me preface this by saying. Paul has a special place in my heart. I love these small schools, and uh, I know that you're at a school that's got its own challenges, and uh, tell me a little bit about your ball club this year. Good
18: evening. Thank you for having me. A little bit about my team. We are only uh, six men deep. I have four juniors and two sophomores who are all returning from last year, so this gives them a, their second year at a varsity level only, so... We've got some ups and downs, as any small school
1: would. And you're getting ready to take on Union after the New Year. So you've got a little bit of time off here, uh, before, at least before the next game that we see that is scheduled. And uh, Union is a school that is very much like yours in that it is a rural school that um, doesn't have a very big population in it. And uh, do you look at those types of games as more of – when you're playing teams that are more like yourself?
18: I do. We always look forward to playing Union. Um we going in we know, you know more we're pretty much evenly matched. Um union like us, we only have six men this year. Um so it should be a very good ball game. Um hopefully we can get um, our shots to fall, and things will fall out for our our better way.
1: Holly Palmer, head coach of the Paul Paul Lady Pirates, and uh, coach, we we certainly always, like I said, we we have a place in our hearts for uh, those small rural schools such as Paw Paw, such as Harmon, such as Union. I know some of you guys are rivals up in there, but uh, from from a distance, uh, at least, we always appreciate. Uh, what you do because sometimes just putting a team on the floor can be a challenge but it gives six kids an opportunity to go out there and enjoy and experience high school basketball and uh, we're here to celebrate that we appreciate what you do and we wish you the best of luck throughout the course of the season
18: well thank you very much
1: Uh, all right that's holly palmer head coach of the paul paul lady pirates we'll set aside take a break come back we'll talk with kelly church head boys basketball coach at hedgesville we'll talk with todd maynard boys basketball coach at tulsa Chris Kidd, WVOW in Chapmanville. And our standout athlete of the week, Jaden Lindsay, all when we come back
8: on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
9: If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Merry Christmas to you and yours from our family here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia and all our Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family out there. Thanks for following us on Twitter. Big shout out to our newest Twitter followers tonight, including... Isaac Dingus, Chuck B., JDCA Crusaders, Hunter Stanley, the West Virginia Sports Guy, Jansen, and Michelle. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. If you've got a score, we'd like to have it from you. We are missing a few, just a few, girls' scores. All we need tonight is girls' scores. You can text us with those scores, 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. You can send those scores to us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. If you want to call the show and give us a score, that's okay too. Toll free 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Or you can email us. Email us scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com.
8: Up to date on your favorite teams, check out basketballnight.com. Now back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Ten fifty-two
1: on the program. On this basketball Friday night in West Virginia, we've got a lot of callers to get to, so let's jump right back into the phone lines. Let's go to our standout athlete of the week. She is a four-year starter and a varsity letter winner for East Fairmont High School, averaging a little under 11 points per game, four steals, four assists, four rebounds per game, and the most important four of all, a 4.0 GPA. Jaden Lindsay of the East Fairmont Bees joins us now. Jaden, welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hi, thank you. Um, first off, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. And second, um, four year starter um, for an East Fairmont team as 3 and 3 on the season. How has it been shifting into a leadership role this season?
16: Well, it's definitely different, but I think I'm getting the hang of it.
1: And this is something that obviously takes some time to learn, but something that, that caught my attention. Uh, in our background for you, is that you're an artist and you enjoy painting. That is a tedious thing to do. How do you have the patience to do that?
16: Well, it definitely takes a long time. I work on my paintings forever.
1: <laughs> and how did you get started with that? What piqued your interest in art?
16: Um, my dad's an architect. So he draws a lot. So I think that made me want to start drawing when
1: I was little. And, Jane, we also uh, learned that you spend time ringing the bell for the Salvation Army. Obviously, this is a time of year when the Salvation Army is very uh, visible in, in their fundraising efforts. And uh, just tell me how you got started with that.
16: Well, our basketball team has been doing it the past couple years. We like to do stuff like that during the holidays because that's when they really need people to do it. We just recently went to the soup kitchen and worked there.
1: And obviously that's, uh, that does a lot of good for a lot of people. And our, our final question for you, what's it like playing for Coach Beckman?
16: It's awesome. <laughs> he's, at, he's very, like, well, <laughs> he has a lot of basketball knowledge and he's not too harsh on us. <laughs> And I've learned a lot in the past four years
1: with him. And I, 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 I'm gonna have to give you one more question. What are your plans for after high school? What, what's what's next? I know it's uh, still a few months away, but graduation happens before you know it.
16: Well, I'd like to go to WVU, and I want to go to medical school later on, hopefully.
1: So yeah, it's a good solid plan. Jaden Lindsay, our standout athlete of the week from East Fairmont High School. Thank you so much uh, for joining us tonight. Congratulations, and we wish you and the Lady Bees all the best throughout the course of the rest of the season.
16: Thank you very much.
1: All right, Merry Christmas too.
16: You
1: too. All right, that is Jaden Lindsay, our standout athlete <laughs> of the week. And let's go right back to the phone lines. We've got a, well, actually, you know what? We are so in between time right now because we really don't have time. To take a phone call and, and to do it any justice i don't want to rush people through any more than what we Put already chris have on there then there's no <laughs> way that's going to happen right now sorry chris you know that we love you but still uh chris W we'll go to after a while we will go to craig dutton wrrr in st mary's in a moment as well We've we'll kevin hatfield head coach of the mingo central boys team kelly church we'll have him right after the break uh first thing i promise in like five minutes we will have uh, coach Church will also have Todd Maynard, head coach of the Tulsa Rebels boys team, and Bo Anderson, our resident referee. So we've got still about a minute and a half here before our our uh, break here at the top of the hour. Coach Moreau, talk about the Lady Rebels a little bit.
2: Well, I'll tell you what, uh, kind of a, a interesting mix. We've got a, a lot of young players. We've also got a few veteran players back. We've had a really tough early-going schedule. Uh, And we've taken a few lumps here in the early going. We're hoping to get better. They're working hard every day. So, you know, we're excited moving forward. uh, But we do kind of have a mixed bag. We graduated some key players from last year. Like you mentioned with one of the other teams, we've got some really good leadership back uh, this year with some of our seniors and juniors and returning players. So uh, we're excited about the season. Uh, Again, a tough early going. We're in a holiday tournament next week at Wayne. And uh, we're looking forward to that. And the girls come out and work uh, hard. We have good numbers. We've got uh, 16 girls uh, out this year, so we got a full JV and varsity. And uh, excited uh, with 2018, getting ready to turn, uh, turn the page. Hopefully we'll be be up and running.
1: And I was, you mentioned the holiday tournament away, and I'll be there next week. Uh, you guys play Riverside um, on Wednesday. I believe. It. Yeah. And uh, that's a, a non-traditional matchup.
2: Yeah, and uh, Coach Gerritsen's doing a good job up there. They've got a couple good wins, and uh, it'll be a good challenge for us. But like you said, it's not a team that we would normally see. Uh, they're a, a AAA team from Charleston area. Uh, also doing a JV game prior to that game with us and Wayne, so the younger girls get a chance to play as well. And then Wayne and Ravenswood in the nightcap.
1: Outstanding. And that, that will actually – that feeds into our poll question. Check it out on basketballnight.com. Um, we want to get as many votes as possible on that before we give our uh, results out in about uh, 45 minutes from now. We've got to step aside, take a break. Two hours in the books, one to go. Full stack of phone calls when
8: we come back from all across the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
9: High School Basketball's Voice in the Mountain State. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. And if you know a radio station in your local area that isn't carrying Basketball Friday Night, let us know and let them know. They need to carry Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. You can listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including our newest affiliates tonight, 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV WV, and Fisher, the Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX in Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY in Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel, Singing News Radio, 92.5 FM, WTHMLP, Ravenswood, Ripley, Knights Radio, 91.5 FM, WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 7.40 a.m. and 106.5 f.m. Classic Hits, 106. WHFI Lindside 106.7 f.m. 95, The Sports Fox, WBES Charleston, 9.50 a.m. 101.9 f.m. and 12.90 a.m. WVOW Logan, Light Rock, 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 f.m. The Ticket, 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQACLP, Edmond, Beckley, 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, here just for you.
0: Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now.
1: Final hour of the program, Ryan Epling alongside Coach Rick Marone of the Tulsa Lady Rebels and Joe Linville with us here tonight as well. Busy night on the floor, busy nights on the phones. We'll go right now to Kelly Church, the head coach of the Hedgesville Eagles. As Hedgesville, a perfect 6-0 and oh on the season, picking up a 67-61 victory over Washington and Lee, Virginia tonight. First off, Coach Church. Thank you for joining us on the program. Congratulations on your win tonight. Uh, thank you
19: very much. I appreciate you guys having me. It's uh, quite an honor.
1: And uh, your ball club off to a fantastic start at six and zero wins over Washington and Lee, Virginia tonight. Kingsman Academy out of Washington D.C. yesterday. Uh, went over Fort Hill, Maryland uh, last week. A big win over Hampshire. Also went over Brodingford Christian Academy and a win over Silver Oak Academy out of Maryland. For our West Virginia listeners, I'm not sure that most people outside the Eastern Panhandle would know how to um, measure some of those out-of-state teams, and uh, but I think six and zero says about all it needs to.
19: Well, uh, you know, the, the reality of it is uh where where we are, where we're located in the state. Uh, you know, it, it becomes tough sometimes to schedule games. And if uh especially early in the season, like the teams that are around us in, in Maryland, Virginia are all in uh they're in leagues and in those in those in those leagues that there are so many teams that sometimes it becomes difficult to schedule games. So uh, the team we played tonight, Washington Lee, out of, out of uh, Arlington, uh, like interesting little sidebar about them. Uh, Bobby Dobson, who, who played at Longwood when I was at Longwood with him, uh, he was the starting point guard, uh, and he's the head coach of that team. And, uh, you know, their only loss coming into this game was a two- or three-point loss to T.C. Williams. Uh, and uh, they're a really, really good basketball team, and we think tonight's win was, a, you know, a tremendous win for us in in our program, Um, you know. And so uh, to to get a win tonight against that caliber of team, I think says a lot more, honestly, than than perhaps some of the other wins. But, um, you know, no matter what, we are who we are and we do what we do. We'll we'll try to get us, you know, uh, try to improve each night and be better tomorrow than we were today. That's what we do here.
1: You mentioned T.C. Williams. If you remember the Titans, the movie, those are the Titans. Now, uh, your ball club goes to Bradenton, Florida, Uh, Coming up here this week and uh, several games down there coming up, uh, how do you plan for a trip like that?
19: Uh, well it, it, first first of all uh, you know without the parents here and, and them helping me as much as they do there's no way I could I could get this you know you could do this kind of trip I mean um, you know we have a lot of neat things lined up our kids will get to practice at IMG uh, which is a you know nationally known you know prep academy uh, we get to practice at a at a college in St. Petersburg when we go to the University of Tampa for practice one day so you know on top of the tournament <clears throat> we, th- we think we also try to provide the kids with some neat opportunities Otherwise, they wouldn't get to do. And, and at the end of it, we're uh, you know we're going to go to I believe it's Bush Gardens is the is the one that's there in Tampa, and uh, you know we'll do that at the end of the trip. And uh, you know we'll try to compete against some really really good teams. Uh, one of the other teams in our brackets is uh, Osceola, I believe if I'm saying it right. And uh, whatever the highest level is in Florida last year, I, they have way more A's than we do. We only have three A's. They have a, a bunch. But uh, you know, since so a school with about five thousand kids, and they were the Yeah, they were the state champions last year with the sophomore guard who's you know, now he's a junior, and so you know we'll see we'll see how we do. I mean, the the level of competition will, uh, you know, will certainly challenge us. And and then uh, you know, I don't know how many of our kids are listening. Uh, we we had a kid get hurt tonight, and we don't we don't know how bad. So like so I was I was sitting here. I'm not going to keep you guys long. Or you, me. I know you got a lot of other people, but uh, you know, Brett Gates, who's one of our seniors, who's been on the varsity team for four years, and uh, you know, he got hurt tonight. We don't know how bad yet, and uh, so he's at the hospital. So uh, like, shout out to to him his family. Hopefully, it's just a, you know, it's a, it's not a really, really bad injury, but we don't know yet. So, uh, you know, I, I want to make sure I give a shout out to our kids. Uh, a bunch of them headed over there tonight, and I waited around to do this. And, you know, uh, basketball-wise, we're doing pretty well. It's pretty tough. Anytime the kid gets hurt, Uh makes it a little tougher sometimes at Christmas. But, uh, you know, uh, certainly love our kids here. And they're not perfect. I'm not perfect. We do the best we can to be the best that we can be.
1: Well, Coach, we thank you so much. Our thoughts are with, uh, with him and, and with all of you guys as well. And we appreciate you hanging in there. I know it's been a long hold tonight, but uh, we're doing the best we can.
19: Oh, no, no, no way, man. It's great. I think what you guys do for kids, and I think, you know, no matter what, uh, if, if other coaches don't appreciate it, they're foolish. Uh, you give coaches and kids an opportunity to feel special, and that's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to help kids feel special. Oh. So I certainly appreciate it for our program and what you guys do, and I can't say nice enough nice things about the, the opportunities that you guys provide
1: for kids. Oh we greatly appreciate that. That's Kelly Church, head coach of the Hedgesville Eagles. They are 6-0 and heading down to Florida, for a weekend, or not a weekend, but a week trip uh, over the course of the holiday week. Let's go right back to the phone. Kevin Hatfield is the head coach of the Mingo Central Miners. He joins us now on the program and uh, coach. Last, uh, you know, a week ago, a rough loss, a tough loss at West Side. You bounced back though with a nice win at a very good Logan team and a very good basketball game and uh... sometimes uh... you know there are bumps in the road along the way and uh... at least to this point your team has handled the the pothole it hit a week ago
20: yeah we've uh... we've had a few more bumps in the road than i would prefer <laughs> <laughs> but uh... you know we had the fletcher kid uh, you know we just found out the other day his acl was torn so we've lost him for the week or you know for the year uh... had a kid quit on me that was a starter two days ago um, so, you know, you got to deal with that. But, you know, the short period to get practice, you know, Jeremy coming in with a bad knee plus the working kid, you know, he's been out the entire season. Um, so, yeah, to beat 3-1, and one, uh, to beat Logan at Logan, you know, that's a good accomplishment for the kids, especially coming off two games where we hadn't played very well.
3: Coach, hope you're feeling better. Uh, Stan Elkins actually had to stand in for your assistant there at Logan on uh, Tuesday night. I uh, understand you were a little under the weather
20: yeah i got the flu uh we got the flu <laughs> so uh i got planned on coming you know michelle my wife she had everything ready and i just got i had about 102 degree temperature and especially as handed as we have been i definitely didn't want to get anybody sick and uh You know, of course, my assistant coaches are more than capable. And uh, they did a really good job. And fortunately, we were able to win it.
3: Coach, with all the roadblocks, like you said, you've had, how do you take the time over the holiday, you know, break to regroup and and to get your minors back on track?
20: Well, the good thing is, like I say, Chase Warden just was released two days ago, the day after the Logan game. So that would have been Wednesday. He was released to full practice. Uh, coming off of an ankle injury. And then we don't play again until the 29th against Polka. We had moved our Lincoln County game. So that gives us seven, eight days of practice. Uh, we'll probably have a couple, two a days, uh, probably Tuesday, at least one Tuesday or Wednesday. And uh, so we hope to get a lot of things straightened out, get everybody on the same page. And uh, you know, I'm hoping by second week of January that we're where we need to be.
1: This is Coach Kevin Hatfield of the Mingo Central Miners, enjoying a little bit of time off to heal, <laughs> uh, mend. Um, and regroup. Regroup. <laughs> and, and whatever else needs to be done to kind of get through uh, uh, get through the stretch and to, uh, you know, just recover, so to speak. Coach, it was a nice win there,
3: even though you weren't on hand Tuesday night. Uh, team played some good team ball against a very good Logan team. And I'm sure you, you got the reports from your coaches. But, you know, uh, looks like you guys may make a good you know, run into the stretch once again this season.
20: Oh, I watched it, actually, while the game was going on. And, well, you uh, heard a good broadcast yeah, crew then. I, I, well, I actually sent a text. I was texting like crazy. You know, I was a nervous wreck. And, um, you know, I actually told them they could wheel me in on a gurney. I would never do it again I, unless I was dead in the ground. I would not miss another <laughs> game. You know, that's the first game I've ever missed in my life and even as an assistant. But um so that was one thing, but um you know it was a good win. Um you know Logan just turned around tonight actually watched it and beat West Side by 13 who beat us pretty good at West Side. Um uh, you know I'd never been to West Side. I I know now why they have a 750 winning percentage at home. But we'll leave it at that, but um you know it's shaping up to be a tough year for everybody, I think you know I think Chapmanville's kind of out there, you know everybody's got them picked as number one, but once you get past that, um you know there's probably going to be two or three teams sitting at home this year, just like last year that could very well deserve to be in the state tournament.
1: Kevin Hatfield head coach of the Mingo Central Boys team coach. We appreciate you taking time out to join us tonight. We wish you the best of luck moving forward and Merry Christmas.
20: Merry Christmas to you guys. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Kim. All right, let's go right back to the phone lines to Todd Maynard. He is the boys' basketball coach at Tulsa. Coach, first off, thanks for hanging with us. I know we've had you on hold for a long time. It's We've got a lot of people to get on this program tonight. Uh, we appreciate it, though. and uh, Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
21: Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for having
1: me. Uh, your basketball club um, with a pair of wins on the season and – it's a it's a situation where maybe i'm not sure if people would understand that you had a late start into all of this and uh that can put you behind a little bit early on
21: yeah yeah the um you know i got the job uh in june you know right before the three week period so you know we kind of had to hit the ground running and you know kind of get the uh, feeler out there for who wanted to uh play of basketball so uh you know, we uh, we got in there and uh, we didn't play in a whole lot of shootouts and things because we really wanted to, you know, dive into kind of uh, our core values and what we believe in and things like that. But uh, yeah, it's been a, it's definitely been a learning curve. And uh, even when the season started here, uh, you know, the past couple of weeks we've had some guys that uh, you know came out that uh, you know we didn't know who that they were going to come out. So you know, it's a uh, it's an evolving process for us, and uh, you know, it's a process uh, throughout the year. that, uh, a learning curve, and everybody's just trying to, you know, learn a new system to play, new coach, and, you know, uh, new kids. So, uh, so far, so good. They're, uh, I think they're doing pretty well as far as, uh, you know, coming in day in and day out and, you know, consistent hard work uh, done every single day. So we're, uh, you know, we're
2: at it. Hey, Coach, thanks for coming on. And uh, one of the things I know, uh, you've got a, a mix of kids. Uh, you're, you're incorporating some younger kids. You've got some veteran players back. But, uh, you know, trying to get that blend together, uh, you've had a pretty tough early schedule. you got a couple of nice wins. Uh, so just uh, through this first, uh, you know, four or five games here in the early going, uh, what's your take as far as what you see that could come together maybe as you get into January?
21: uh yeah you know the uh the blend we have one we have one uh kid it's been a four-year guy so we have some inexperience uh, you know you talk about the blend of the kids so we have some inexperience we we start uh two freshmen so you know anytime you you go out there you're gonna have some growing pains with that but so uh really all the kids that we have on the floor right now is uh you know it's just brand new minutes uh, on the floor to those guys so we're just trying to mesh and come together but uh you know, I can tell consistently uh, through each game, um, you know, and, and in our film sessions that, uh, you know, we're um, we're actually growing to where we want to be. And I, I truly feel by the uh, end of the year, um, you know, with our uh, continued hard work and I think the growth is going to be there and we should be peaking at the end of the year like we want to be.
1: Todd Maynard, head coach of the Tulsa Boys basketball team and the Rebels will be back in action. On Wednesday night at home against Pike County, Central Kentucky, and then one week from tonight, travel to Rose Hill Christian in Kentucky. Coach, we appreciate you hanging in there with us tonight, and we look forward to talking with you again throughout the rest of the season. Wish you guys the best of luck. All right. Thank you, guys. You have a Merry Christmas. All right. Thanks so much. You too. That's John, that is John as Todd Maynard, head coach of the Tulsa Rebels. Let's go back to the phones. John Blackmore, WKKX in Wheeling, as uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Wheeling Central and, and Tucker County from last night, as well as John Marshall and Brooke from tonight. Let's start with the game tonight as the Brooke Bruins get a low-scoring, tight win over John Marshall. And, uh, John, a nice ball game, a competitive ball game, and one that came down to, uh, to the final quarter before Brooke was able to get the win.
22: Yeah, it sure was. And, you know, this is – Kind of a hard game to read because neither team team shot real well and a lot of good defense, half court defense. But you know how uh, schools are; uh, it's Christmas and uh, kids are out of school, and sometimes even as adults we get a little distracted and, at work and everything. So uh, lay this one up to the Christmas uh, break, and but both teams, you know, they, John Marshall had a shot at winning this thing. If they shoot from the free throw the way uh, Coach Clutter would like them to, they probably win this by eight. And, um, Brooke just uh, down the stretch, able to hit a few shots, get to the line, and make free throws and that was the
1: difference in the game. You know, let's be honest. You've got people from the outside looking in who say, okay, Brooks now 3-3, three and three. John Marshall's 2-3, and three. the final score was 38-33, who cares? Well, one, those two schools care, but two, when you get those types of games together, you can have outstanding competitive basketball, which is exactly what you had tonight.
22: Yeah, I think about these teams, it goes back a long way and um, no matter what they play, if they got out there and threw uh, lawn lawn it would be competitive. <laughs> you, know, it's just, you know, it's one of—I hate to say it—the Roth's record book kind of thing. But you know, it's going to come down to who can win this game in uh, in uh, late February, and then who can you know match up with Willing Park, and one of them will go probably to Morgantown, the other will go to University. So um, they'll see each other again.
1: Willing Central is three and zero after beating Tucker County last night at home. 98 to 75 and uh, John Wheeling Central is uh lighting up the scoreboard early on.
22: You know, and and that's really a credit to, you know, guys
20: 6 through
22: 12 on the uh on the bench because, you know, starters I and mean, they're barely playing three quarters. And you go back and look at the, uh, the game against Shady Side where they scored 82, uh, most of the starters have played a few minutes in the uh in the second, a few in the third and never really got much of a chance to play, but when they do, I mean, Owen Gaynor's playing himself into a high D2 uh, college here in the future, and there's coaches there every night, and Brent Price is probably the most slept-on guy in the region, and uh, he's throwing monster dunks everywhere, at windmills, and 360s, I don't know if you've seen those on our Twitter feed, but um, you know, he's the kid that, and just so athletic, his dad, you know, him and, Br- him and Bray, both uh, their dad played for the Minnesota Vikings in the CFL, and they just got, you know, they've got next-level you know, bodies, and they've been playing so well. Uh, it's it's going to be, you know, the question is, what are they going to do when they play a full game? Um, and they'll probably get that this weekend. They're underdogs going into John Glenn. They won state uh, two years ago. and A lot of those kids were back, and uh, they, uh, they went uh, to, the, I believe, the Sweet 16 last year. And uh, their point guard's a kid who uh, his dad coaches at Ohio State and coached there for a while. I think he's out, off the staff now. But uh, they're underdog this week. They'll be an underdog against Mars. CRC and uh, Cameron's coming in next week with Undos, and you know, their team has put up 70 points. So, it'll be interesting to see when they get into a game where everybody has to play, you know, full minutes.
1: Tomorrow night, Wheeling Central takes on John Glenn High School of Ohio, a road trip for the Maroon Knights. John Blackmore, WKKXM Wheeling. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a Merry Christmas. Look forward to it again next week. You too, Loveless, and take care, guys. All right, and we've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, David Hall, WDMX, Mix 100 in Parkersburg. We'll talk about Williamstown boys and girls basketball teams. We'll talk with Craig Dutton, WRRR, St. Mary's Ravens with boys game. Red Devils, really good. And Chris Kidd, WVOW. And uh, yeah, Bo Anderson's still on hold, our resident referee. <laughs> all that and more when basketball Friday night in West
8: Virginia continues on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
9: For scores online, all of them but one, visit Basketball Night. And if you can help us out, if you're listening, we're looking for one score tonight, one girls game, Roan County versus Webster County. So we're looking for one girls score tonight, and we've got them all in West Virginia, Roan County versus Webster County. If you can help us out, you can send it to us by text, you can tweet us, uh, call us on the phone. 855-784-6677. Send it uh, by text, 304-249-4924. And, of course, on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Don't forget, you've got till 1145 tonight to answer this week's poll question. Should West Virginia institute a running clock in the fourth quarter of a 25-point game when there was a JV game? Vote yes or no. You've got till 11.45 tonight to vote. Go to basketballnight.com and vote on the poll. You'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. We'll share the results tonight at the end of the show. We also want you to send your pictures in. If you're watching the video stream right now or watching on Network West Virginia, Facebook, Periscope, or even on Comcast Channel 25 in Huntington, Those pictures are coming from you. Send us your pictures on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. You can send them to our affiliate, RSN Sports, and they'll get them to us. You can send them to RSN Sports Facebook page or Instagram.
8: Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling.
1: It's 1120 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Joe Linville here with you. Santa Claus went home, <laughs> yeah. Joe. Sometimes you, you, you got we don't have to put a bell around Coach Marone's neck or something, don't we? He just gets up and goes, and talks to guys over in the back, and
3: sees what's going on, and you know, behind the scenes, and just doesn't come back when it's time to come back. Ah, uh,
1: you know, whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, Coach Marone's having to catch up with everybody. We, we 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 missed him the last two weeks. He's got to say hello to all the people in the back, and um, yep. Anyway, so uh, (laughs) moving right along, let's go back to the phone lines. Let's go to uh, David Hall, WDMX Mix 100 in Parkersburg. Um, He covers Williamstown boys' and girls' basketball. And uh, David, tonight a a tough loss for the Williamstown girls to Tyler Consolidated. That's a program that's off to a good start this season as Williamstown is a team that uh, last year was a -A single-A runner-up on the girls' side, but uh, having to restock a little bit right now.
23: Yeah, they are. Butch Powell and I, we covered Wavestown basketball. We did not do that game tonight. We do a lot more games in January. I talked to Coach Sorrow. You know, guys, I'll tell you, they lost a good girl and Ashley Morris. She was their point guard, did everything. This young team is going to be right there at the end. Um, i tell you, Fred Sorrow, he has got girls, Bethany Arnold, a couple other girls, with has her pride more. They're going to be right there. They're going to be okay. I wasn't expecting the loss to Tyler tonight, but uh, it's one of those things, the girls are rebound, and uh, they got more games coming. I was really calling in also about just the update of Winstown boys. I haven't got to talk to you in the past couple of weeks. They beat Richie. They beat uh, St. Mary's, 74-48. Gilmer County, we went to Glenville, Coach Powell and I, Wednesday night, and you guys always know that's always a wonderful trip to take down there. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's one of those – Trip. if you make it you're not sick it's a good day yep. so anyway we get it and the uh, i'll tell you the yellow jackets played lights out 59 to 16 probably one of the best i've seen in defense coach powell said it was probably a textbook watch of defense so the boys they're four and one the girls are five and two and in Williamstown, things are okay they're young both teams and they're doing well and uh it's going to be an interesting stretch
1: a three-game winning streak for the Yellow Jacket boys team after um, the one loss, which came back on December 12th at Tyler Consolidated. That was a 5 yeah. point game. But uh, you mentioned that they're playing playing well, and now Wednesday they will head to uh, work County.
23: Yeah, we're going to get down there for that tournament. Always a good tournament. Uh, we'll face Word County on Wednesday night, tip off 730. We'll take the winner of Buffalo, Wahama. That'll be on the following night. So, and after that, they get a little break. And then, guys, coming up, it doesn't get easy. January 5th, Ravenswood right after that, Parker for Catholics. So, the meat and potatoes starts happening in 2018.
1: Always fun to see a team kind of grow over the course of the season. And uh, Williamstown off to a good start as per usual. That's an excellent athletic program across the board, uh, the boys' team, 4-1, the girls' team. Um, like you said, they're going to be a factor when it all said and done. David Hall, WDMX, Mix 100 in Parkersburg. Thanks so much for joining us.
23: Uh, you guys have a good Christmas, and we'll talk to you uh,
1: uh, next Friday. That sounds like a good plan, and uh, we appreciate that. You have a Merry Christmas as well. Let's go right back to the phones to Craig Dutton, WRRR. Um, you know, We were just mentioning how Ravenswood's a tough trip. And, uh, Craig, Ravenswood was a very difficult trip tonight for the Blue Devils of St. Mary's.
24: Yes, it was. And I don't think you could reiter- reiterate it even more, but I'll go back to that Williamstown game uh, earlier this week for him. Tonight they fell 90-55 to to Ravenswood. and You were even talking to um, on Mr. Blackmore there earlier from WKKX. I mean, that could be the one team that might be able to play physical enough uh, from the northern end with Wheeling Central you just got to wait and see because Wheeling Central is a very young team. I feel that they're going to be the team down at the very end waiting for someone down there in Charleston when it's all said and done. But in this sectional... Uh, this Section 2 right now, I hate saying it. it. A win this year forever makes out Section 2 in boys and girls with St. Mary's, Richie, Tyler, Magnolia, and Peyton City. Just winning the section this year is going to be a big accomplishment on their part. But you're you're right tonight. They, St. Mary's is very sprack. They're depending on the three-point shot a lot more this season. You live by the three and you die by the three, and that's what they did last Friday. They, they won big over Peyton City, got humbled Monday night with Williamstown, And then tonight with Ravenswood by falling that far, Jaden Rhodes, Stephen Dawson, and Isaiah Morgan all in 20-point figures. Rhodes had 24. Uh, Evan Lamp for St. Mary's uh, actually had 22 tonight. Uh, Hashman, uh, Walker Hashman off the bench had nine. And uh, transfer Isaac Mooney had seven as a starter. So uh, St. Mary's is in a little bit of a rebuilding year. Uh, I will say they fall to one and two. St. Mary's girls, they're one and four this week uh, as well.
1: So things yeah. t- right now, right now, like you mentioned, in a rebuild at St. Mary's, and as good yeah. as they've been, um, don't expect that to last too long. In fact, again, teams like that that have tradition, they are, they are dangerous in the postseason, even when the record may not be all that impressive.
24: I think so. Saint Mary's girls proved themselves last Saturday by keeping Williamstown a, a very close ball game. They they lost seventy to sixty one last Saturday, and what's even crazier, I talked to Howard Meeks after the game. A couple girls had the flu. Well, it so happens by Tuesday night when the JV girls were having a game hosting Roan County uh, Tuesday night, uh, Howard Meeks noticed that most of the varsity girls were running to the bathroom. Well, he called me after the game and told me that uh, we have to cancel Ritchie County this Thursday. So last night they didn't play Ritchie County. Coach McCollum was willing to accept because Howard Meeks told me they had two freshman starters that were healthy and only four girls on JV that were available to play that didn't have the flu. Uh, So that's pretty shocking for St. Mary's that early to have that many girls out. He's canceled practice all the way past Christmas. They're going to start up middle of next week to get prepared for Tyler Consolidated next Friday. So they're they're going to be a bit behind through the holiday season. Boys are going to fight on as they host Parkersburg Catholic this Wednesday and then ho- go to Tyler Consolidated the following week. There's going to be a lot of uh, sectional play. And what's even funnier, guys, I was actually at Peyton City tonight calling a game on the radio for our sister station, WXCR, as Tyler was up there. So hopefully throughout the season I'll give you a well-rounded view of Section 2 and Region 1.
1: <laughs> uh, Craig, Craig Dutton, he's the... Uh... He has his finger on the pulse of uh, that that I area, because he, he's he's, he's like it. Santa Claus. He's everywhere. He is. Yeah, he's in one of those gyms. Yeah, that's
24: how I feel like. <laughs> I noticed you guys didn't have a Festivus poll in there. I was looking forward to that tonight. While I was watching the live stream earlier. <laughs> Ryan
1: let us down. Ryan let us down. No, no, no. I was waiting for
24: you guys to do the. I was waiting for you guys to do the airing of the grievances. Yes, last yes,
1: here. there will be an airing of grievances. That and that you gave it away. Actually, we're going to do that in our last segment with Cause. He doesn't know it yet, but um, no feats of strength. We don't we don't need to do that. No one No one needs to see that. But anyway, um, Craig, we, we appreciate so much you uh, calling in tonight. And, uh, again, have a Merry Christmas.
24: Merry Christmas to you guys as well. I'll try to give you updates on St. Mary's. And I'm calling the games for the doubleheader Tyler at Magnolia, boys and girls on Wednesday. So I should be able to give you a Magnolia update as well next week as well. So we'll see what we get into.
1: <laughs> and I think next week we're going to say, Craig, tell us about your week. <laughs> and just oh, turn you loose. There it's you go. all over the place. <laughs> there you go. That's Craig Dunn. <laughs> Thank Dutton. you, guys. Yeah, Merry thanks Christmas. so much. Very Christmas. That's Craig Dunn, WRRR in St. Mary's. Let's step aside take a break. When we come back, we we'll have Chris Kidd, WVOW in Chapmanville. He's been on hold for nearly an hour. And uh, Bo Anderson, he's been on hold for well over an hour. He was on hold so long he had to hang up and call back. <laughs>
8: We'll do that when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
9: For scores online, all of them. And tonight, it is all of them. Visit basketballnight.com. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism at Marshall is important. It's serious. It's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Don't forget a poll question tonight. The question tonight is, should West Virginia Institute a running clock in the fourth quarter of a 25-point game when there was a JV game? Yes or no? You've got till 11.45 tonight, so you've got about 15 minutes to vote. Go to basketballnight.com. And the poll question is on the right hand side of the page. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup at Hoops underscore Roundup. And our newest follower, CC Miles. Thanks for joining us, including Michelle Jansen, the West Virginia Sports Guy, Hunter Stanley, JDCA Crusaders, Chuck B., and Isaac Dinkus. We also had new followers this week Derek, Alex Hott, Alyssa Tennant, Darren Hayes. NMHS Husky Football, Mikey Scarwell and AM1600 WKKX. Join us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup.
8: date on your favorite teams check out basketball now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with bill cornwell joe linville coach rick marone and ryan epling Eleven thirty two on basketball friday night in west virginia
1: december 22nd 2017 week three season five of the program ryan epling alongside rick marone and joe linville happy to have you with us here as we wow only got 30 more minutes in this program where'd that go but uh <laughs> Fastest three hours in radio. It, it truly is. Um, we'll talk with our resident referee, Bo Anderson. We've got many questions for Bo. Sometimes we don't necessarily have a question a week. There's plenty I've got, on I've tonight. got a lot to talk about with Bo. Bo's going to be the airing of grievances segment uh, for, for Festivus this year. But uh, and it's not really an airing of grievances with Bo. It's just in general. But uh, Chris Kidd WVOW in Chapmanville. Fifty-four minutes on hold. Now on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. I know you've just been waiting on that that cue to go, Chris. and Here you go.
25: Uh, hey, I've been getting my spotting board ready for tomorrow. I've been watching YouTube clips. Uh, you know, I, I've been productive while I've been on hold. I've been listening. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was so bad that whenever uh, whenever I, I heard at the top of the hour. Joe made the joke about putting me on for the minute there. I'm so sort of delusional at the moment, I actually responded to of no <laughs> and I realized I'm not there to defend myself, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> but the, But but I'm still glad I got on before Bo Anderson because, you know, it's almost like getting picked last in in a softball game in school. (laughs) And I I still got on before Bo. (laughs) But Bo's a lot more entertaining than I am. So, you know, it's good to save him for last.
1: (laughs) Uh, And and first off, Chris, we appreciate you coming in last week, being uh, on set here with us, being a part of the program. Absolutely. And uh, you're definitely Uh, uh, a big part of this program as well. And tonight you saw a pair of basketball games in the Bob Runyon Memorial Tournament. In Chapmanville, um, Tug Valley beating North Marion. Chapmanville Regional beating Mount View tonight, and um, I know Mount View's probably a little bit down uh, this year. They were they were pretty good last year. I remember they, they snuck up and got Bluefield there one time last year. But uh, in general, Mount View's not where they were a year ago. And uh, Tug Valley is a good basketball team. North Marion is a team that people are starting to pay attention to. Chapmanville has expectations this year. It's a it's a nice mix of teams, a nice tournament, and looking like a good uh, good finale tomorrow.
25: Yeah, the, the games were intriguing. I mean, both games were uh, in some ways one-sided because Tuck Valley led wire to wire and Chapmanville led wire to wire. But the first game uh, was interesting because I thought North Merritt would be able to uh, to take out Tug Valley just because of their size. I mean, obviously you had Ozabui uh, Ble- or Aka Boise, Uh I went through this with their scorekeeper for 20 minutes today, trying
11: <laughs> to pronounce his name.
25: And, and so I do. I apologize. I've continued to mess it up, but uh, you know she was very patient with me, thankfully. <laughs> and uh, you know, that that kid was incredible. I, I mean, he was captain uh, of the second team All-State last year. He had three dunks, and I thought we were going to tear down the rim at one point tonight. And uh, you know he got into foul trouble. Uh, in the first half and then picked up his fourth midway through the fourth quarter, and they were coming back. They were down 17-3 to three before they even got fresh into the game, and then you know, slowly but surely North Marion crept back into the game and cut it to two with about three and a half minutes left. But the story of the game was turnovers. Uh, North Marion could not stop turning the ball over, and Tug Valley did a tremendous job. Edmay's May's crew, uh, they, they pressured the ball. They were in full court uh at one point, North Marion had to pull their starting point guard because he just wasn't handling the pressure very well. Uh, but I give North Marion a lot of credit. Coach Freeman's club, they continued to eat back into that game. But uh, Coach May's team, they're very gritty, very tough. Uh, Tyler May had 23 points. Uh, Nineteen of those were in the first half. Uh, so I think those are two teams that are going to have some staying power later on in the year. Uh, but then you get to Chapmanville and View Mountview, and Mountview's got some experience. They've got uh, uh, several Seniors on that team that have been there quite a while, but were just overmatched tonight against Chapmanville. You know, it's the first time I've got to actually uh, watch Chapmanville up close this year, and they do. They go 9 10 deep, and, you know, they actually had 10 players in the scorebooks tonight. And uh, Drew Williamson only had four points, and they still won by 34 points. I mean, you look at their scoreline, you had Obina and Achille Killam with 16 points, Dylan Smith with 15 points, Philip Mullins off the bench with 12 points, Devin Collins with eight. Uh, you know, just a lot of balance on this Chattanooga roster. And whenever you just look at them top to bottom, it's just going to be very difficult to see how you're going to be able to defend this team defensively and how you're going to be able to create easy shots offensively. And the fact they have fresh legs coming in and out of the
18: offense
25: and defense so often. I mean, that's going
3: to be a nightmare for a lot of teams matchup-wise. Hey, Chris, uh, first of all, I'll be honest, I was very impressed because I got to listen to the little broadcast on the way down tonight when you pronounced that young man's name. Uh, I didn't know you'd been practicing it all afternoon. <laughs> but but anyway, give us a quick, uh, you know, what are we going to see between Chambil and Tug Valley tomorrow? I mean, you know, two teams uh, that are, you know, pretty well sounding their programs and going to meet on the hardwood tomorrow.
25: Well, this is a, a matchup that I've wanted to see for the last several years. Again, they used to be in the same uh, section with each other. And believe it or not, Tug Valley is 9 and 1 all time against Chapmanville. Uh, they, ha- they haven't played since January 20th of 2012, but Tug Valley has owned Chapmanville as much as the town of Chapmanville owns Chapmanville at this point. Uh, so I think that you're going to see full court pressure on both sides of the ball. Uh, it's going to be a matter of who handles the pressure better at this point. Again, has got so much experience, and Kyle Browning is one of the better point guards in the state of West Virginia. So I think Chamble will be okay, but I think that Tug Valley's pressure is going to create some problems. I, I would say we didn't keep track of it officially tonight, but I'd say Tug Valley easily created over 20 turnovers tonight against North Mary, and it just out-hustled them to everything. And so Chapel's going to have to be ready for that tomorrow. You know, they can't just show up and say, we've got more talent, we're going to be able to win this game. Tug Valley will get after it. Anyone that knows Tug Valley knows the that that's the case with them. Uh, they're going to get on the floor for loose balls. They're going to create opportunities for themselves in transition. And, you know, they're going to they're shoot from the outside, like uh, because they knew tonight they couldn't really go inside against uh, Akabweezi, so I figure they know that it's going to be kind of the same situation with uh, Obina tomorrow night. Uh, So if they can knock down some outside shots early on, get some momentum, create a few turnovers, let Chattinville know that they're there, then I think we could have a ball game tomorrow night. But obviously Chattinville does go in uh, as as their favorite in that contest. Uh, But it's it's interesting to see similar styles go against each other and and how the other side handles what usually they're the ones fishing out.
1: Chris Kidd, Merry Christmas.
25: Hey, same to you guys. You guys look great tonight, by the way, too. I love seeing you guys dressed
1: up. Uh, You know, that doesn't happen very often or probably (laughs) ever will again. Chris Kidd, WBOW, in Chapmanville. You know what? It's been long enough. It's been about an hour and a half now. And it's time to bring our resident referee – no. (laughs) That's almost a sad thing. It's time to bring our resident referee, Bo Anderson, on to – the program, and just a second here, as we actually just lost Bo. Oh no, we just lost him. Oh, no. I kid you not. We'll have him back. Literally, yes, he's calling back in right now. I <laughs> hit the button to bring Bo onto the program, and you slipped. And he them. was no, I, I, I did not mess up. <laughs> he was just gone. There he is, Bo. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Finally. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> Chris, I hope you're listening to me.
26: I have crossed the Gallup List Bridge, drove, changed cars, come home, unpacked, and for those of you that know me, I don't have much hair, but right now I need a shave and a haircut. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we thank you so much for hanging in with us tonight. Good night, no point. Um but um Bo. A few things that that, that we've come across over the course of uh, the past week or so. Um, And and one question uh, that I wanted to ask first is we know that officials do the best job that they can. And occasionally numbers can be difficult to see. And sometimes a two and a three can look similar, even if the jersey is, is very evident that the number is different. It can still be difficult in a split second to see it right. And occasionally the official will a sig- will signal the wrong number on a foul. And it's apparent and it's obvious, but the number that they signaled is also on the floor. So how do what is the process for um you know helping an official to maybe Ask the other officials if they could uh, assist on making sure that the foul is called on the correct player.
26: Well, I mean that's what you have to have in that scenario. If you know if you see your partner has, uh, as an official as crew, has uh, reported the wrong foul, uh, you know you might need to give them a little help. Now there are the occasions where the coach did not want the foul on the player, so he's begging, and it was the correct call. But it, it, if we report the foul on the wrong player. Um, sometimes the bookkeeper will uh say, Hey, wait a minute, uh they they you know, that I don't think that was right and you can uh you know get together with your crew and decide, you know, what you have uh what kind of mistake you've made and correct that mistake uh, at that point in time. Um, you know, that it, it does happen. Um, you know, we as officials you know, we when we have a foul we are supposed to move towards the player and announce the color and I don't think people understand how many numbers and, uh, counting and all that stuff that we actually have to do until you actually get out there and do it. Um, and you know, you're remembering the Fowler and the Shooter and always, whenever I'm teaching the new officials, uh, always teach uh, numerator denominator to try to remember who the Fowler was and who the Shooter is. But, um, you know, you just have to, You know, you have to work your way through sometimes, and sometimes it doesn't work out the way it should.
2: Hey, Bo, this is uh, Santa Claus, uh, otherwise known as Coach Marone. I hope you've been good this year, by the way. Uh, On that same topic that Ryan mentioned, what about getting help from the official bookkeeper or people at the table that are supporting the officials? Sometimes the officials are caught up in the game, and if it's an obvious mistake, can you take input from a bookkeeper or someone at the table?
26: Well, you know, sometimes the bookkeeper will, will you know, call them and say, "Hey, are you know, are you sure you had the right? You gave the right number." Most of the time, when the when the wrong number is signaled, it's actually someone has given a number of somebody that's not even out there in the game, uh, you know. Usually, but I mean, it's just it's a mistake. It can't happen. Uh, you know, we're just like everybody else. Uh, we're human. We make human errors. We don't intentionally do it. You know, uh, we want our game to run as smoothly as possible, and you know, you just you you can get some assistance sometime from the bookkeeper, uh, but uh, you know, we still have to get together as as officials and as a crew and try to decide if we actually had the right player and the right number.
1: When does okay? uh, Shifting gears here, and this was a question that was sent in to us tonight. When does a tip, like a tip in on a follow, become a shot attempt in terms of if a player is fouled while attempting to tip in a missed shot? A a
26: tip or tap ends in the same way as a try. So if they go up to tip the ball, when they're tipping the ball, they're still in the act of shooting towards the basket. So therefore, if they get fouled, then you know if the ball goes in, you'll give them the basket and the free throw. Um, it is just like a try. It's, you know, if you're tipping or tapping, it ends in the same as a, as a try. So, uh, therefore, you know, it, it's the same as taking a shot. The only thing is, is, you know, they actually didn't catch it and shoot a jump shot. They're actually tipping it towards the rim and therefore you will have a foul and it will be a two shot foul if they missed or it will be a bucket one if they made it.
3: Bo, I think we've talked about this before, traveling with the ball. If you're on the court, your feet, you know, say for example, you've got the ball and somebody's trying to knock the ball away from you and your feet doesn't really move, but you go to the floor and you're sliding. Is that a travel or not? Then the reason I ask, I've seen two high school games this week. I've seen it called both ways, pretty much the same incident
17: sliding is
26: not traveling. You can slide the whole length of the floor and not travel. The only thing you cannot do is you cannot roll. Once you roll, then that's considered to be, if you're rolling, you are in control. Sliding, you're not. And you can, you know, you can dive after a basketball and catch it at one foul line and slide clean to the other end of the court, and there shouldn't be a whistle. Even though uh, on page 1150, the fan's manual, it's traveling. But uh, it is not traveling to uh, uh, now. Once they're on the floor with the basketball, they either have to pass it, maybe try to shoot it if they're at the rim, or they can start a dribble to get up. But they cannot raise up uh, and uh, and then start dribble.
2: Hey, Bo, uh, just uh, to follow up on that, a player goes to their knees and slides on their knees. Is that also not a travel? It it's
26: It's a matter of, catching the ball you know it's a matter of when you're going after the ball if the ball's loose and you're going after it it doesn't say whether it's sliding on knees back whatever you can slide all the way across the floor no matter how it is the point is is that whenever it's not a player in control of the basketball now a player in control of the basketball can't fall down uh with the ball a player in control of the basketball. So if they're on their knees, they cannot raise to one knee. But they can slide no matter whether it be knees, uh, back, uh, you know, legs, whatever, all the way across the floor, and you will not have a traveling violation.
2: Then I want to apologize to all the officials over the last few years that I have taken issue with because that's the news to me. I appreciate the information because if a player has the ball and goes to the floor – on their knees and slides, I, that's surprising to me. I, I, I didn't know you could slide all the way down the court. I was
1: traveling as well. And this is why we have our <laughs> resident referee, Bo Anderson, on. He provides a service to us. Bo, we thank you so much. We, uh, sorry to cut you short here. You've only been on hold for an hour and a half. But uh, we're running short on time. Merry Christmas, Bo, and thanks for all that you do for us.
26: Hey, thank you, guys. I'll see you and be talking to you next
1: Friday night. All right, that's our resident referee, Bo Anderson, and we all learned something right there tonight. We'll step aside take our final break. When we come back, it's cause time. You're
8: on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
9: Merry Christmas from Basketball Friday Night to you and your family. Special thanks tonight to all of our affiliates. Of course, you can listen to Basketball Friday Night on great radio stations throughout Mountain State, including 103.7, Jack FM, WQWV in Fisher, The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM WKKX in Wheeling, 1370 AM WVLY Mountsville. Moundsville, Jackson County's home for Southern Gospel. Singing News Radio 92.5 FM WTHM LP Ravenswood, Ripley. Nights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn. Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg 740 AM 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106. WHFI Linside 106.7 FM. 95, The Sports Vox WBES Charleston, 950 AM, 101.9 FM and 1290 AM, WVOW in Logan, Light Rock 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD, in Hinton, and 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZ, LP, Edmond, Beckley. 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay. And, of course, Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can watch us on Sudden Links Network West Virginia throughout the Mountain State and in the Huntington region on Comcast Channel 25. Merry Christmas from Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia.
8: high school basketball around the Mountain State, you're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It's 11.50 on this basketball Friday night in West
1: Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville. Coach Rick Marone is in studio with us tonight, but Marcus Constantino joins us now on the program in our ever-revolving door of people who give the poll question. It's your turn now, Marcus. And uh, Marcus, you have the results from last week and this week's poll question.
0: That's right. Last week's poll question, should West Virginia institute a running clock in the fourth quarter of a 25-point game when there was a JV game before? This went 50-50. 50% of respondents said yes. There um, should be a running clock. 50% said no. So we had a, a split audience on that one. Uh, this week's poll question is... Um, oh, goodness. Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. A little bit of stage. Uh, something go- this is my first time out here this season. Oh, so. uh, all right. <laughs> Let me see if I can
1: jog your memory yeah. with
0: this. When you were creating a schedule... Should you... Uh, If you were a head coach, should you create a schedule to your team's ability or should you create a schedule the strongest that you can? Uh, and that is this week's poll question. You can go to basketballnight.com and uh, vote on that right after the show. Thank you, Ryan, for the assist. I've never seen Marcus look
1: <laughs> perplexed <laughs> for a second there like well, he did.
0: Just... there was one time,
1: but uh, we won't talk about that here. <laughs> oh, I remember that. I do remember that. That looked like stage fright yep. that time, too. I, uh, yes, I, I came in the door one night here at the studio, and the show starts at 9. And it was uh, 8 59 as I made it in the door. And, uh, yeah, there were some scared-looking people out here on set who were afraid they were going to have to go on the program. And I but, was one of them. Yes. And it, that, that turned out, thank goodness, to not happen. Yeah. But you know what? Thanks so much, Marcus. Thank it's you. It's time now for our Marshall University Sports Journalism BasketballNight.com scoreboard. And we have a special sound we're about to hear, I believe. Yeah. Because we have... Every score. Yes, that's our our signal. We have every score of every game played in West Virginia tonight. Joe, lead us off with the boys' scores. And here we go. We got lots of scores. In the Bob Runyon Tournament at Chapmanville,
3: it was Tug Valley over North Marion, 67-56. In the second game, Chapmanville defeated Mountview, 71-35. It was Braxton County over Greater Beckley Christian, 76 That was in the George Thompson Holiday Tournament at Ripley. Also in that tournament, it was Huntington St. Joe over Ripley, 67-51. In the Sherman Christmas Tournament, it was the Man Hillbillies picking up their second win in the week, uh, defeating Liberty Raleigh, 75-65. Van won that tournament, 68-45, with a win over the Sherman Tide. It was Richlands, Virginia over Riverview, 57-46. Woodrow Wilson picking up a win tonight over Kennedy Catholic Pennsylvania, uh, seven or 54-43. It was Theodore Roosevelt over the Washington Patriots, 79-74. Cameron picks up a win over Bridgeport of Ohio, 77-56. Oak Glen over Madonna, 75-44. It was Morgantown over Schroeder, 46-30. Tyler Consolidated pick up a win. They go to 5-2 and two on the season with a win over Payton City 75-44. It was Bluefield picking up the win tonight uh, over Pikeview 80-44. Riverside failed to crosstown rival the Capital Cougars 77-48. Steubenville Catholic defeated Weir tonight. The Red Raiders went down 58-56. It was Berkeley Springs over Petersburg 79-74. Robert C. Byrd lost in a tough one tonight. Uh, lost to Bridgeport, 58-57. George Washington picked up for the win tonight over Wesley Christian, 66-47. Gilmer County fell to Clay County, 73-48. It was East Fairmont over lensley tonight, 63-49. And it was the Fairmont Senior Polar Bears defeating Phillip Barber, 84-55, right?
1: Fayetteville defeats Midland Trail tonight, 49-46. Greenbrier West over Richwood, 78-46. It was South Harrison over Harmon tonight, 62-42. Bellsville, Ohio defeats hundred sixty-nine 69-50. Cincinnati Taft. Beats Huntington, 48-47. Highlanders fall for the second straight night after losing to Fairland, Ohio, last night. Also, it was Wyoming East defeating Independence, 82-31. Brooke, 38. John Marshall, 33. Bruins get the win. Frankfurt beats Kaiser, 58-35, the final. The Logan Wildcats go to 4-1 handing Westside their first loss, 65-52 at Willie Acres Arena in the Logan Fieldhouse tonight. Nitro goes on the road to Wayne and improves to 6-0 as the Wildcats defeat the host Pioneers, 69-48. It was Parkersburg South over Parkersburg, 51-46. Pocahontas County defeats Webster County, 60-53. Ravenswood picks up a 90-55 win over St. Mary's. South Charleston goes to Spring Valley and beats the Timberwolves tonight, Black Eagles 4-0 after an 89-74 win. Tucker County beats Bishop Walsh, Maryland 55-36. Wahama defeats South Gallia, Ohio 49-36. 48, first win of the season for the White Falcons. The William Park Patriots are 3-1 and after defeating the Steubenville Big Red, 72-50 the final in that one. Hedgesville beats Washington and Lee out of Virginia from Arlington, 67-61. Hedgesville now 6-0. And the Winfield Generals beat Sissonville tonight, 94-76. Coach Marone, you have the girls.
2: Group. Yeah, we're going to take a look at the winners tonight, Ryan. We'll run down the winners for you in the girls' side tonight. Uh, Moorfield, the Yellow Jackets, get a big win tonight in the tip-off tournament of Petersburg. Petersburg wins the other half of that over Union, also winning tonight. Gilmore County, the Lady Titans get a one-point win over Braxton. The Cameron Lady Dragons are now 9-0 as they defeat Clay Battelle. Mountain Lions of Tucker County get a win tonight, as do Tyler Consolidate, a big win over Williamstown tonight. The Trinity Warriors with a victory tonight, and the Bluefield Beavers, a 60 54 win over Pikeview. Cabell Midlands, 68 11 over Mann. Other winners tonight Nicholas County gets a win, Parkersburg Catholic defeats Notre Dame. Point Pleasant falls to South Charleston. The Philip Arbor Colts with a big win over Berkeley Springs. Buckhannon-Upshur gets a nice bounce-back win over University tonight. And Martinsburg-The Bulldogs get a 54-39 win over Hampshire. And Mapletown, PA, forty-six, nineteen over 100. Morgantown wins over Spring Mills. Fort Hill, Maryland, defeats Preston tonight. And the Spring Valley Lady Timberwolves fall in the championship game of the Doc Maples Tournament in Tennessee to Tennessee High, 62-52. to That's your Marshall University sports journalist. Journalism, Night.com scoreboard update.
1: And that leaves us a minute and a half to talk with Rick Kozlowski. <laughs> it is cause time here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Unfortunately, another abbreviated edition. And, uh, Rick, we promise... Next week, we're going to do better. We're going to give you more time.
8: You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really
3: are a heel. You're a he may not call back next week.
1: <laughs> Rick, welcome to the program.
10: Uh, I understand that uh, Mr. Kozlowski at the moment is suffering from stage
1: fright. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh. Marcus will never be able to <laughs> live that one down. Uh, all right, uh, Rick. Hey, guys.
10: Merry Christmas. How's everybody doing? Yes, Merry, Merry Christmas.
1: Christmas. We're doing fantastic. It's great to have you. Unfortunately, we only have you for about 30 more seconds. So anything that's on your mind, the airing of grievances, go right ahead. <laughs>
10: Uh, have happy Festivus too, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, I just, I just, I just uh, hope you guys have a wonderful uh, holiday, Merry Christmas, and I deeply appreciate uh, you guys bringing me on to the program every week. Uh, although I, I've noticed that my time just seems to be getting <laughs> <Smaller cut> and <laughs> shorter
5: and, <smaller>. and shorter <laughs> and
1: shorter. And and unfortunately, that's the case. But we'll try it again next week, Rick. Thanks so much.
23: Bye,
5: guys.
1: Merry All Christmas. Right. That's Rick Kozlowski, the Martinsburg Journal. That's the only time we had for him, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, We had a full scoreboard. We got that all in. A jam-packed three-hour show, the fastest three hours in radio or television or internet streaming, however you follow this program. We thank you all for watching and listening. Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. And thank you to all of our folks in the back who make it possible. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, good
0: night. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the mountain state. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network, copyright 2017, all rights reserved.